Oh, good boy, Jake. You know, I got to tell you, it comes the time of year when you really got to sit back and reflect. And I just kind of found myself today saying that, man, 2023 was one of the years of all time, wasn't it? It's it, it's kind of strange because the past couple of years that we've been, I think ever since we've started doing this, every, well, maybe since 2020, every single year mm. it's been like, oh man, this is worse than the last. And I think 2022, we tried to be more optimistic. Like, oh, this wasn't so bad. Uh, but yeah. It, this year was just like nothing. I feel nothing about 2023. I, I, I don't know how to put it. Like, it didn't even feel like anything particularly bad happened, which I guess is a blessing of its own for as much as, you know, I, I ironically use the term blessing. Um, but yeah, I just, I really did find myself trying to reflect on this year as a whole. And, you know, I'm in my current situation, I'm not necessarily super satisfied with my job. And, you know, with that just kind of comes the realization of this year didn't really have a whole lot going on. It's there's a few notable points, which I'm sure we'll get to in time because, hey, welcome to the 2023 end of year chat. Um, but otherwise, yeah, trying to reflect on this year. And I think everyone I, this has truly been one of those times where every it, like you said, since 2020, I've seen less and less people saying like, oh, 2020 next is going to be my year. I have not seen a single person being like 2024 is going to be a hell of a time. I think we are truly at this point just tired. It's yeah. like. It's not even necessarily like, oh, so many bad things have happened. It's almost just kind of like, we know something else bad is probably going to happen. And so we're just kind of here. It's like, you know, we're before, like, an election year is coming up. And God, that's always a downer these days. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with the election year. But oh, it's, yeah, it's not like, I mean, I'm mean, I, I I'm definitely looking forward to bits of next year because I have things planned with just work and a couple things that I want to cover on the show. I'm going to, I'll talk about it later, but I have a resolution that I'm going through and, uh, mm. I'm planning a trip to, uh, California next fall, uh, specifically Ooh. go to the motion picture museum. We'll see if any of that happens, but yeah, I, yeah. I'm looking forward to bits and pieces of next year, but as far as just 2024 itself goes, I could care less. Yeah. It's like, man, I gotta, I gotta get myself like a hobby or something properly. Cause man, I just, I can't, I can't keep getting, older into my life and realize, man, I got really nothing going on other than the occasional random get together with folks, this show and what fewer and fewer video games actually hold my interest. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's where I am. I, I, I need to get back on my game. I, I said I was going to do it months ago and just maybe I'll add that to my resolutions. I'm going to actively set time aside every week to work on the development there. Well, if you need me to, if you need me to come in and be like, Hey, you're working on your shit. I'll, I'll gladly do it. Obvi yes, always. <laughs> always. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. It's always so weird coming into these chats because this is kind of our natural state is us just kind of shooting the shit and going off on random tangents because, but again, it does feel like this year in particular, it feels like it's been nothing but tangents when you get right down to it. Like, even when I try to think back over things this year, it's like, I never really, I didn't really get anything in particular done this past year. I stuck with my job, which has been slowly more and more just whittling me down just because it's it just hasn't been working out super well and i'm in this one place where i've been able to live consistently which is nice but also like i've kind of figured that side of it out and so i'm more inclined to be lazy <laughs> and it's just kind of weird kind of coming to the end of it and being like man i don't feel like i wasted this year i certainly feel like i've done plenty of things that were beneficial to my life but also i can't necessarily tell you what those things were and so That's it's just always like, a good sign it's like, God, I don't necessarily feel better than the year before, but I don't feel worse at least. So that's just, hmm. I'm just trying to even just kind of cling it together and just being like, what the fuck happened this year? I, I know we have movies and that will be kind of the bulk of our touchstones, but my God, this, 
really was just a year of like just learning new things about your fellow man and realizing, man, I want to associate with y'all less. I, yeah. No offense to the good ones among you, but truly, I am introverted more than ever this year. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm retreating further into our respective holes. Mm. I mean, I still have obviously, I still do my D and D games and everything. I, I still run that. I'm still enjoying that quite a lot. But it's a very specific niche of people that I'm hanging with. Beyond that, I'm like fuck everything outside this house, <laughs> and. Yeah, I'm hopefully going to be getting a proper job like outside of the house coming forward, but God knows that's up in the air these days. So, mm. well, best of luck <laughs> as far as the mm -hmm. job the job hunting goes. But uh, I guess there is sure one thing to look forward to in 2024 uh, that neither mm -hmm. of us have really considered, and that is uh, we're going to be hitting the big one double O early next year, uh, as far as the podcast goes. Oh yeah! Oh shit! Yeah, we just. Do we just do Scarface again and just and just go all the way back from the beginning? And just keep doing the. Oh my god, I'm not going back to fucking Secret M Two or whatever. I'm, you know, we're just our just, Sisyphean hell. Yeah, the Departed, and we're just gonna keep marching forward. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the episode, uh, this episode, this end of year show is uh, 97. So uh, we'll be getting to 100 probably around April. Uh, so we'll look forward to that. Got to figure out what we're doing there. Watch us just like just do another normal movie. Like, eh, nah, we're good. Yeah, we had no ideas, so we could always do some. Uh, we're doing ev we're doing uh, the entire uh, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, all six. <laughs> some big or, yeah, I, I guess that sort of tech. I, oh yeah, that would count as an overdue sequel, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. Oh fuck me, I never even. Whatever. Well, yeah, in this case, but oh fuck, I never even consider that. Well, we'll certainly uh, we'll certainly discuss our options. Um, yes, I'm sure we will. Jesus. Uh, but yeah, uh, I guess we can sort of move forward and uh, try sure. to reflect. <laughs> try to reflect on what we did this year. You know, we we usually oh start God, with yeah. like the best and the worst movie that we talked about for the podcast. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I had to pull it up because of such. It's not even like a black hole because I remember recording all of these. It's just some of these I feel like we did last year. Yeah, you know? it's yeah, that really has been. This year in a nutshell. It's like, oh yeah, that happened this year? Yeah, like, we did Planet of the Apes this year. Mm. That feels wrong. That feels extremely wrong, though. It does. Oh, what was the earliest one we did this year? Because Oh, it was um, uh, Scare from New York, wasn't it? Oh, yes. That was the first. Yeah. Which, honestly, I still remember those two fondly. I, there's, I feel like that, that may have been a bad one to start the year on, <laughs> as far as, like, just the, the misanthropic views of that movie. Um, but... You know, I mean, I guess starters you mean to go on in some capacity. I'm not sure why I did that. I usually pick something really light or animated or like a Muppets movie. Like it's it's usually something like that. So I don't know what was going through my head when I uh, planned this out. But <laughs> yeah, and then I picked immediately after that Planet of the Apes, which I was <laughs> which isn't much better. It's like yeah, hey, on the one hand, the destruction of the human race, and on the other hand, that but even worse, like quality wise. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, ugh. but I mean, if we're talking about tone of movies, just just listen to this run. Red Dawn, Hamlet, Straw Dogs, West Side Story, Captain America, War Games. <laughs> yeah, that's... All uh, of those are about war or murder or both. I mean, hell, even talking about, like, talk about streaks from the, the the beginning of the year. Escape from New York and Escape from L.A., then Planet of the Apes, like the original and the remake, Death Takes a Holiday and Meet Joe Black, uh, The Maltese Falcon, and then Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> Yo, what were we thinking? <laughs> like, my... <laughs> Goodness great, where is our head this year? Like, 
yeah, I, we this is our this is our emo year. For as close as you and I can get to that. Apparently, it was very dark. I mean, and that extends into Halloween too, but we always do that for Halloween. So I honestly yeah. I, mean, I just don't know. I mean, fuck, I for, I don't know what possessed me this year even to consider straw dogs. Like, my god, that one's a fucking <laughs> like downer from beginning to end. Well, I, I'm at least glad that I've seen them uh, once. Oh, yeah. But, like, my God. I'm trying to... Of course, now I'm just going through our filmography. I'm just kind of... It's not even that I'm looking for what the worst thing we saw this year was. And I'm just kind of just marveling at just our dourness as a whole. Because, <laughs> my goodness gracious. Like, even when we got into, like, the nicer ones. Like, like Tokyo Godfathers. Which, that itself is a more lighthearted thing. But it's preceded by Hell's Heroes and the Three Godfathers. Yeah. Which, it's like, Jesus wept. Which all of them are like depressing in their own way. Well, Hell's Heroes and Tokyo Godfathers are, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> and of course, uh, this is not counting the Little Mermaid, which we just did because that's going uh, that's going live shortly. But yes, um, that's true. Which again, like that—that that was the lightest note we did it on, and it was on a fucking Disney movie. Yeah, because we had to meet our quota. We, <laughs> we it's like oh, we didn't yeah. Meet Disney this which, year. which honestly, that was a highlight just because I got to bring on Hannah. Um, yeah, that was new but... to the show. I like that. Yeah, that was that was something notable. I, you know what? I like this to be the start of our upward swing in mood. Let's let's use that energy going forward and be like, hey, we did something really new and and kind of off kilter for the show, and brought on someone who knew quite a lot about Disney and had a very positive outlook on the whole situation. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't need to think about straw dogs again. Let's bring more <laughs> folks on the show. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah, seriously, fuck it. Uh, like, we, yeah, if I can, if I can tie anyone down for it, my God. I say that Hannah loved it. I don't want to imply that she didn't. <laughs> no, sure. Yeah. A lot of it's just schedules and timing and, you know, people got to have good setups and whatever, but, mm-hmm. um, Oh man. Yeah. No, I'm, I, I will properly answer the question now and actually try to decide which of these were the worst we saw. Um, Oh man. The remake of red Dawn is up there as far as worst. Yeah. I, honestly, it's for worst. It's hard for me to decide because there weren't any that were like too extreme. Explicitly horrible this time around, at least. Well, that new Red Dawn, the remake of Planet of the Apes, Renfield, oh, yeah. <laughs> Renfield and the New Little Mermaid, all four of those, I hate. <laughs> uh, no, fair, fair. So, uh, it's, uh, trying to, you know, find which one. I guess I had some silver linings with, uh, well, I had like one silver lining with Renfield and one with the Little Mermaid, which is more than I can say for the other two, so. Hmm. Okay, uh,. Red Dawn remake Think. and Planet of the Apes Tim Burton, which is worse. That's a toughie, honestly. I think. Ooh, I'm gonna personally say Red Dawn simply because at least Planet of the Apes kind of had like its own weird thing going on. Where it's like, yeah, there was no way we could ever take this seriously. Meanwhile, it seemed like Red Dawn the remake was so desperately trying to be like, look, we're relevant. We're using like North Korea and stuff, even though. If I remember correctly, when we reviewed that, it very clearly seemed like they were trying to make it China and not North Korea. Um, but they had realized at the last minute or something like, oh, maybe we shouldn't do that with one of our largest trade allies. Um, <laughs> maybe there's a mistake. Yeah, I say one of absolutely our largest trade ally. Um, so I'm going to go with that one simply because it just, especially compared to its original, and it would, I always need it to get into effect. It's not simply that it's bad. It's like how much like how much more of a fall from grace from its original was it? Which in that case, maybe the Planet of the Apes one takes the cake, but simply because, you know, the original Planet of the Apes is brilliant. Um, but with Red Dawn, just the original being so brutal nonstop from back to front and actually like trying to kind of tell this compelling story compared to the 
comparatively dumbed down and white not whitewashed but like kind of the the rough edges hewn down for the remake it's just it's just kind of stupid it's just yeah. i couldn't i couldn't care for it i i guess i'm probably gonna have to agree i mean even if only fleetingly tim burton's planet of the apes did have david warner in it and that red dawn remake has one of the most egregious oh god ever thrown into yeah it, so the fucking subway moment like i wanted to die it's, yeah, like, it's so, so terrible. I, I guess it's not a, it's not much of an argument there that Straw Dogs, although, or not Straw Dogs, uh, Red Dawn, uh, is yeah. horrible. Although I should say, I feel we are skipping over at least one in particular that might be too much of a gimme simply because it was a, what I believe to be straight to TV sequel, and that being War Games, The Dead Code. Um, yeah. That one was pretty egregiously horrible. Let's like, let's just be real. Like without even mincing words about it it's just a bad movie compared to its original and compared to movies as a whole i guess the problem with the war games dead code is that yeah you're right it, i mean it uh, it was direct to dvd one of those yeah. uh and I, I guess my problem with it is that it left my brain immediately after watching it so mm -hmm. like the red dawn remake actively pissed me off like it was trying to <laughs> it was trying you to know upset what? Fair. me while i was watching it Whereas the war it was trying is, is actually war like you could even say Red Dawn is is better made and has better acting because I think it does but as a movie at, at least War Games takes up none of my mental capacity. That's that's fair. Also, I I don't mean to hate on the man, but Josh Peck, like what are you doing, man? Like come on, like this is, I know you've you've definitely gone up in the world since then. Your your role in Oppenheimer and the scenes that I've seen, I still haven't seen the full movie. Um, your role in that, you actually seemed a pretty uh, pretty damn decent actor there. But man, the Red Dawn thing, you just like I could not stand your ass, man. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I, how could I, we forget the original Captain America as well? I that's a bad movie, but I enjoyed watching it, so I can't. <laughs> that's true. That's his, true. The his fact that superpower of tricking people. <laughs> with an upset oh my stomach. God. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh my God. Just be like, oh, I've got a stomach ache. And then just like fully duping people. With it. It's like, are you kidding me? He does that twice, people. He does oh, it twice. The and then like how apparently all the major deaths and assassinations in the world has been run by one Italian jackass. Yeah. Which, which like, also the fact that they made, made Red Skull Italian instead of German, which I was like, you know, that's oddly creative and makes a lot of sense considering, you know, fascism was italian in origin <laughs> it's like all right fine <laughs> let's, let's just go with this it was creative <laughs> to say the least but i guess that it, it was creative that is i cannot say anything greater no, no greater and also more damning praise of that movie is that it was creative <laughs> you know something something to be said for the new mario bros movie is that i i don't like it and in fact i think i gave it like two stars or something on letterboxd uh, and mm. I know that we differed a little bit in opinion on that, but hey, I'm not considering it for worst of the year. You know, if I have to yeah. give up, throw a positive to the new Mario movie, uh, it, it was just enough going for it that it wasn't actively terrible. Like, it wasn't upsetting to watch. It was just kind of, ah, you, that's that's what you're doing, huh? I guess, <laughs> and with this, I guess we should kind of clarify, because, like, it seems like so far all of our worsts, the biggest worst we've had have all been the remakes of something. I think definitively, at least in my mind, the worst remake we saw was Red Dawn, just for all reasons yeah. said previously. What do you think is the worst original we've seen? Um, I, I Among mean, that, I'm going to count... Lame, but I, it seems kind of lame, but for me, it would be Maltese Falcon or Death Takes a Holiday. Uh, hmm. That surprised not, me, actually. I mean, I'm not big on stuff from the 30s, and I like Death Takes a Holiday more than I did the 31 Maltese Falcon, 
it's just uh, films from the 30s always have like a specific pacing that I think historically on the show hasn't really been for me. I think it's right around that time when the codes, you know, the code starts to kick in for movies and things just become really bland. Um, yeah, that's true. And Meet Joe Black, I, I wasn't a huge fan of, but I, I, I think it surprised me that I didn't hate it, you know, and it had a lot going for it. It had surprisingly what I thought was a decent Brad Pitt performance in that it actually made sense how stiff and wooden he was. Hey, <laughs> and, uh, and hey. Anthony Hopkins is a delight. And, uh, oh, there's someone else in that movie that I really like. Um, Jeffrey Tambor, you know, Jeffrey Tambor, who apparently is a real life menace and asshole to work with, but I, I enjoy <laughs> seeing him in things. So. Yeah, fair. And the 41 uh, Maltese Falcon is, it, it's either that or oh my God. Fathers for my favorite of the year. Cause I, like Oh my God. So yeah. It's it's hard to it really is hard to oversell Maltese Falcon when you get right down to it, which I wasn't expecting. Like going into that, noir films have been hyped up for decades now. Of course, they've been aped on, they've been parodied, it's been done to death, and it will probably never stop being done to death. But watching the re, like the forty one Maltese Falcon makes you realize, oh, this is why because it's a landmark, and it's like the fact that it's I don't even God like even thinking back on I couldn't even tell you specifically what I loved most about it. And why I have such a high opinion of it. It's just, it feels like as a whole, it's just such a good movie. And it's weird to say anything other than that. It is such a good hard stop movie, which is a rare concept nowadays, which again, it's, it goes back to that, that we've said multiple times throughout this year and even previous years, um, is that it feels like more and more often our favorite movies are the ones that are just movies. They're not like trying to be anything necessarily in like massively influential in their own like ways they're just like here's here's our story we're going to tell it as damn well as we can and that's your lot and the Maltese Falcon seems to be the epitome of that where they went yeah this isn't necessarily a massive cast it's not some grand overly expensive you know set and all these things and it's not all this giant hype for it and everything it's this is we're, we're not trying to make Ben-Hur but we're going to go out here we're going to tell this story that has been tried before but we feel we can improve upon and we're going to do our damnedest and have compelling performances and it all just clicks perfectly. And it's awesome. <laughs> so I, I I couldn't even tell you more than that. It's just a good damn film. Yeah. I, I, so, I agree. So it's probably going to be that one for my favorite. Um, uh, But uh, go, to go back to my previous one of like, uh, since I didn't definitively answer what I think my oh. least favorite original was. Um, as far as least favorite original. Hmm. It's hard to, because we did do a lot of solid originals this time around, which is nice. Um. You know, I gotta say, it's it's as for as much as I loved it after the fact, Captain America was a pretty awful movie when you get right down to it. Like in comparison to like Maltese Falcon, where it's like it's a pretty damn good movie. Captain America is a pretty damn bad movie. It's like all in all, it's just it's kind of silly. There's no real proper structure to it, and it just kind of feels like it's insulting its audience sometimes with pulling tricks like my stomach hurts fucking twice. Um, and beyond that, really nothing else in particular. Okay, well, all right, you'll probably poo-poo me for this one i didn't really care for the original super mario brothers movie i i, I after like thinking about it more and more like since time having gone on I, it just isn't my thing like i like the set design and i think there's a lot of cool detail they do with that but beyond that as a whole it's just kind of absurd and it's just yeah, every time i think back to the fact that the king of the mushroom kingdom is in fact a gestalt consciousness of spread out fungi across the city i'm just like this is not the Mario Brothers. Like, I know there's a whole... I know they're doing their own thing, but this is a whole other fucking ballpark. <laughs> no, it's... it's. I mean, it's not good. I, I, I think I give it more credit than is probably due, just because it is so strangely interesting with yeah. building a movie off of such little game material to work off of. 
Um, but I, I mean, in general, it's hard for me to fault it too much because I didn't care for the remake, the Mario remake, or mm. the new Mario movie either. I, I think that episode was kind of miserable for me because I was like, I don't like. Because, yeah, I can remember that. I don't even remember which one I, I prefer. Um, but I no, mean, I ultimately I picked the remake for that one. Yeah, I, ultimately, I picked the remake for that one because you know what, like. I just thought it was fun. I thought it was like, it did a lot of stupid stuff. It's very much, you know, an Illumination movie, but it's a reined in Illumination movie because, you know, I, like we said, Illum like Nintendo is like, okay, you're not going to pull your usual bullshit with RIP. You're going to take this seriously. You're going to make a decent film and then we're going to make a lot of money and then we're going to go home. Right? <laughs> and I kind of, I had to respect their chops there of, yeah, they reined it in. They didn't do their usual like minions bullshit. And yeah. it was, it was not insufferable, which is which is something that I was honestly shocked at when I got out of there. I was like, "Oh, this had some good highlights," and I didn't want to tear my teeth out at any particular scene. It's like there were there were moments where it came close. I will say it came close, but it didn't quite get there. If the movie didn't have needle drops, I think I'd like it like forty percent more than I did. Uh, yeah, that's a yeah, that's actually a really good point. But yeah, um, but yeah, it's like I can't. It's hard not to love the movie that has the balls to make Jack Black Bowser. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> I I have to at least respect it. Um, but yeah, I think I got to say that the original Super Mario Brothers is my least favorite original. It's just every time I think back and I'm like, God, it's everything about that era of film that I dislike in a movie in many ways without it being like one of those, you know, family draw, like Chris, like family holiday bullshit things like jingle all the way. Um, it's just, it, it just really kind of just grinded on me. The more and more I thought about it going on, I was like, yeah, this is just not good. <laughs> yeah. I like how interesting if this were any if this were like the fifth element if it was just its own thing I might adore it it's like oh it's weird and quirky and culty but the fact that it was basing all of its shit off of Super Mario Brothers makes me just like not it's just one disconnect too many honestly yeah no I, I mean I, I understand that even if I, I place it a little higher than you but I guess overall just looking at the entire output that we had this year as a whole mm. my least favorite would be the Red Dawn remake and my mm -hmm. My my big favorite, I guess, would be I, I even called it in that episode a capital M movie. Uh, I think uh, the forty one Maltese Falcon, uh, but uh, Tokyo Godfathers, I think, is close behind that. Yeah, I'm kind of in a I'm in a similar boat. Tokyo Godfathers, it's it holds a very high place in my heart, which is just like I I have I have a hard time disliking that movie in any regard, which is a surefire sign of anything. Um, if I had to pick like an original that was my favorite, other than Maltese Falcon, because we've you know obviously gushed on that one. Um, I quite liked Dracula. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did, um, especially when it started, because it's one of the, again, it's a 1930s film. And so I, I have a similar issue with those kind of era films normally, just because the pacing can be very slow. It can be very quiet after a while. It's just like, man, mm -hmm. can we maybe move this along? But it had a rough start in the film, but it got going. I'll give it credit. It got going. Um, yeah. It's, it's funny, because I think my favorite original would be probably The Wolfman. Also, at the Halloween time, Claude Rains and uh, Maria Ospenskaya really carry that movie for oh. me. Honestly, I was kind of mixed on it. I think, I, I, think I think in the end. Yeah. I I think I ended, did I end up picking the remake for that one? I feel like I did. I think you did. Uh, we weren't, yeah. I think we were in a grill there. No, no, that I remember. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, no, I had picked the remake for that one, which honestly, I thought it was, I thought, honestly quite liked the, the remake for whatever reason. I couldn't give you the specifics at this point, but it's just, I think back on it being like, yeah, the effects are decent. It's, weird seeing anthony hopkins in a wolf suit but that's kind of besides the point <laughs> yeah i mean that's funny because that kind of takes a uh not to detract from your your worst and your favorite you know which i i think i've said my piece but it kind mm. of takes us into <laughs> like what what surprised us the most this year yes uh i'll let you go first with that because i need to think about that one a little 
Uh, I mean, mine 100% would be Meet Joe Black. Like, I was expecting a nothing movie. Um, mm. And I, uh, like I said, I, I don't know if I w- would say that I loved it, but I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Uh, and it's something that a couple of scenes have stuck with me, at least. Like Brad Pitt in the kitchen. Um, yeah. And, you know, just the ending, like, walking across the bridge. Uh, you know, things like that. It's Which I, I still can't... I still can't get over that ending scene simply for the fact of like, yeah, it's death escorting the father character away to go die. And it's meant to be like very poignant. It's like, oh, he disappears and we never see him again. But in reality, you just know this guy just like collapsed of a heart attack in the parking lot. And now he's just out there while his daughter is dancing with this dude. Like, maybe, maybe go check on him. He he was (laughs) also, he was awful polite for that entire movie, but he really had to do it at his birthday party. He couldn't do it like the next day. Like, like you could have like, like okay, like take the man in his sleep for God's sake. You'd really had to walk him off like this guy. And just I don't know. Yeah, it's, 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 there's a lot of points in that movie where I'm like, huh. I'm I feel still like that could have been <laughs> still surprised by it. Yeah, I, I gotcha. I, 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 you, I think you definitely had a fonder opinion of it than I did. I think ultimately at a certain point, I really was just held up on those sorts of issues more than anything. Yeah. And also, however, I will say a highlight of film is just the complete out of left field the moment where the Brad Pitt character before he becomes death when he just gets straight up run down in the road by two cars it's like yeah. holy shit <laughs> it's like it's so intensely surprising when that happens it was so funny <laughs> jeez which i was saying that makes me sound like a psychopath but it's it, you gotta see the scene to, to get it it's so it's kind of cartoonish almost yeah everyone go watch this nothing universal movie from 1998 uh, yeah for god's and, sake and but it's like just look at this it's not awful yeah, just just look up the scene. Just you know, Google the scene. Uh, Brad Pitt character hit by cars. I'm sure that they'll come up. <laughs> the compilation. Honestly, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think if I had to pick one that surprised me the most, I think I don't necessarily have a surprise me the most in a positive way, but I have a surprise me the most in a negative way. <laughs> uh, you know what? That counts. Um, West Side Story, the original, did not care for it. I had heard so much about it for so long, and I saw it. It's like. God, this just feels kind of stupid. <laughs> it's like, I sauce. just, I yeah, I just I was watching through it. It's like really, this is we're meant to be like this is meant to be a very harrowing tale. Like I know it's a remake of it's basically just a modernized Romeo and Juliet, you know, one of many. But my God, like they're, we're trying to. I can't take any character in this seriously when they're twirling around like this. And I know they do the exact same numbers and everything in the remake, but they at least like make them look a bit more street tough and it looks like they've actually done some shit in their lives, other than their entire purpose is just to wear these cheap looking suits and doing ballet. It's just like, I don't know. I just, I was, I was, I would, that was the most surprising movie for me for the simple fact of, I did not expect to hate it as much as I did. <laughs> it's, and I honestly really, really liked the remake. I, I thought it was a, you know, a, that was a, may have been a surprise <laughs> that by extension, the remake was surprising by how good I, I thought it was. <laughs> so I think, it did, I, I think it did get a fair amount of accolades or at least attention from people. Um, yeah, so, uh, I, I, I th- kind of knew that going in, but I, I wasn't sure exactly where it would sit because I knew that the original was a best picture winner. And I think I think my takeaway in that episode is that I did like the original more, but that's because it retained more of the Broadway sort of sensibilities with the musical numbers, which, again, I know that's something else that we differ on. Um, right. I yeah, that, I felt that got lost in the uh, Senor Spielbergo version. <laughs> that we watched. Nope, fair. And I don't necessarily have a dislike of holding on to the Broadway style of things, but I just thought in this case, it just, it felt like it held onto it too hard to the point of like, oh, we're just having these random song and dance numbers on this street corner or in this parking garage that ultimately do nothing for the extent of the plot. 
And then the remake actually did something a bit with it. Like the uh, Officer Krupke song was actually like in the police lockup. And so like it actually had a bit of like visual variance and everything. And it seemed kind of fun. Um, meanwhile, again, just in the original, they're just on a street corner. It's like, this is just kind of boring. <laughs> like, I, I, mean, I, will, I will give it that because I think West Side Story, the original is from a time where it was more common to have musicals that just had songs for the sake of songs. I don't think that we mm -hmm. had really internalized the idea of songs carrying the plot forward. Uh, and the 2021 West Side Story does try to rectify that, even with the pre-existing songs. So I, I, yeah. I will give it that. It, it tries to keep the momentum and the pace uh, moving. So. Yeah. So it was like really both of those were probably the most surprising for me, just for you know those reasons. Um and I'll throw it back at you. What do you think was the least surprising? What do you think was the most dull as dirt you had? You knew how it was going to go going into it, and you were completely correct on the way out. Uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, the MCU, MCU movie. I was like, yep, I, this is, yep. Fair. Very fair. <laughs> um, I mean, a cheating answer would be Renfield, because I watched it, like, in theaters five months right. prior to the episode. But, like, for, like, fresh eyes going in watching something, uh, yeah, that new Captain uh america the mcu movie because i was like yeah this is this is what i expected yeah that's yeah it's it's a decent movie still but yeah it's kind of at a certain point pretty predictable as far as movies go yeah um i will say one though for me is three godfathers simply because of the fact of going into it as like oh it's a john wayne western and we're coming off of a very dark version of this in pre-code hollywood now we're gonna see postcode hollywood i know exactly how saccharine this is gonna be and <laughs> It's somehow, okay, I will say, it actually surprised me a little by somehow being even more saccharine than I was expecting. <laughs> like, it was like, God, this is nothing. <laughs> like, yeah. why are, the judge just lets him go. <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> but to that end, All it's also like, is this depressing? Uh, or not depressing, yeah. is this as disappointing as I originally thought? Uh, yes. Uh, not more, yeah. not less. <laughs> it's just, it just is. It's, uh, yeah. I don't know, I just... There are good John Wayne movies. Not many, but there are some. I liked the original. I liked the original True Grit. I think it's a bit more saccharine than it needed to be, but it's not too saccharine. But my God, the man is just... One, the man is a block of wood. And two, all the movies that... This is a tangent, and you know what? It's a. I think this is a good tangent. Why is it that for the longest time, and even still to this day, people look on at John Wayne as this like, pinnacle of masculinity and toughness, and yet every movie I've ever seen of his has the most saccharine doughy-eyed endings of anything it's like this isn't tough and rumble rough and tumble this dude is basically just a teddy bear who has to hold a gun on occasion and then god forbid anything of moral complexity show up from beginning to end like are you kidding me this is the guy that this is the guy my weird uncles are all like oh you should this is the guy you should look up to it's like really are you well, sure it's very much like an american heartland sort of sensibilities where all the the Goo, goo puppy dog you know softness of a john wayne movie goes i think it's it's because it always goes back to like traditional values like three oh, Godfathers yeah. is like the importance of familial bonds and raising a child uh because mm. even then he's like we're gonna raise this child right and he's gonna have proper upbringing and you know so it's still very much that and mm. i think that's where a lot of it might come in where it's like well these are like the traditional values that our forefathers put forward so he, he, yeah. he obviously carved out a space for himself in the Western genre that no one else did. Which, uh, I mean, t talk about the brutal uh, irony of, you know, familial relations and the founding fathers. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> Not even going to open that can of worms or not. But yeah. it's, yeah, it's just, it's very funny me realizing that of, like, it really is just like just this manly toughness that is John Wayne. And then every time I see one of his movies, I'm like, this is the least tough shit I've ever seen. Like, my God. <laughs>
Like yeah. you make do you make Jeff Bridges look more stone cold badass, and that is an achievement. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I know he does a lot of action movies, Mr. Bridges, but good lord, if you I've, whenever I see him, just normally I'm like, this man couldn't kill a fly. <laughs> yeah. He well, just I wants to smoke Coens, weed and be left alone. <laughs> the Coens also did a very good job of uh, yeah. roughing him up. Absolutely, Jesus. <laughs> I, it's that one. Yeah, that was a. <laughs> I can't even necessarily say it disappointed me because I didn't have any hopes going into it, really. <laughs> it just was like, man, here was this really morally complex tale and, you know, kind of harrowing tale of self-sacrifice from this first movie. And now here's a movie that is way longer. And even from the first few shots, I can tell you it was going to be so damn insufferable with its messages. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's just like the fact that like, it's like, are these people in this ending town living on a uranium deposit? Why are you all so inanely dumb to do these things? Like, come on. Yeah. And then to immediately follow that up with three god, like then to follow that up with three godfathers, it's like holy shit. Exactly. It's like, I, I have no desire to see what comes after this because it was short, concise, and to the point. Uh, so what possibly could Mister Wayne have to to say about this premise? Uh, yeah. Not a lot. Not a, not lot. a lot. And then you know, then three god, then Tokyo Godfathers comes along and is like, hey, we have a lot more to say about this. And you're like, okay, well said. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, and have a good. Thank you, and have a good day. It's like, it's like, oh, yeah, we have a tale about, you know, self-sacrifice and willing to, you know, raise someone that has been deposited on your lap, but also societal woes and the concept of being a parent in the first place and, you know, lying to the people you love for what you think is a better reason and, like, homelessness and economic disparity and angel strippers out of nowhere. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening? This is amazing. <laughs> I love lying to the people that I love. Uh, <laughs> it's so, it's just such a wacky uh, little movie that I just can't help but adore. Yeah. Uh Oh, man. Uh, yeah, God, John Wayne, you suck. <laughs> uh, I guess are those our thoughts on the uh, our our output for the year? Honestly, <laughs> there, yeah. Like, there's some things we didn't go into, like uh, Hamlet. We didn't really touch on, and the Little Mermaid, which I mean, was kind of the most recent uh, throughput. That yeah, we had, Men in Black, and ha so and, and Hamlet's hard to kind of go into as a whole, just because it's so dense as a work already. And then the remake again. It was kind of one of those things of it kind of just left my mind immediately after. I'm just like, this is kind of just, I know the play basically by heart at this point. And even seeing it in a different context of like a modernized context, I was just like, I mean, okay, this is whatever. It's yeah. no bad. It's no Baz Luhrmann's, you know, Romeo and Juliet. I'll tell you that. Yeah. So it was definitely interesting. Uh, I still think about the Eartha Kit thing. Occasionally. Oh yeah. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> oh uh, God. Well, uh, no, that was nice. That was very good. Uh, I guess we can There's jump in. It's a very strange nope. mixed year for us. <laughs> it was. Uh, I, we generally don't try to stick to a theme because we like to cover all genres that we can. Uh, and I think we did succeed in doing that for the most part this year. It's just the actual themes. We, we had a couple of recurring themes that I think was unintentional. A lot of depression for one, for one of them. Uh, yeah. An odd amount of death as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like even outside of Halloween and stuff, there's just like, just like, again, I keep going back to it, but man, Straw Dogs just really sticks out. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't, <laughs> maybe the most depressing one that we've covered on the show, period. Yeah, that's the only one I've ever had to, like, come out outright and say, hey, there is a content warning on this one, like, <laughs> yeah. like, like um, normally we do stuff, like, we normally do stuff that if it's at least dark, it's at least balanced out by some other aspect of it, like, oh, maybe it's, like, a very dramatic film, and so we get to see other stuff about that, or maybe it's also, like, kind of a comedy, like, a dark comedy, but this one was just, like, no, this is just about people going to a small town, the strain of a relationship, and then 
like just the decline of a man's mental state alongside his sense of masculinity to the point of committing multiple murder. Like Jesus Christ. Like I don't like self-defense or not. This was a home invasion turned into a slaughter. <laughs> like Jesus wept. It was very. <laughs> I don't know I, why I, I picked that one, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I also, I do want to call out as far as 2023 goes, your new catchphrase uh, mm-hmm. of, G- of Jesus wept. Big fan. <laughs> I, I honestly, said it one, I one to two times in the past five episodes, I think. I don't, I don't know where that one came from. I think I just, here's the thing. I'm, I'm from the South and I recently moved back to the South. I think that's part of it. I think I'm back to my awesome. roots and I'm just like, I can feel the like the culturally Christian parts of my DNA, like slowly leaking out. Like I am, I have not properly gone to a church in probably going on deck multiple decades now. Um, but I'll be damned if I don't use a lot of Christian iconography for my fucking vocabulary, apparently. Yeah. So I think that's been fully unintentional. Fully uh. Uh, fully understood. All right. Uh, well, do you want to hop into uh, just this year as a whole? Sure, uh, why not? What, it's a... Uh, <laughs> man, that's a tough question, ain't it? <laughs> it really, I mean, I said so much of it at the top, but yeah, it's... I mean, I've settled into a, more of a routine now in my life, and that's been nice, but also, damn, I, I know this year was long, but now I can't remember much of it. <laughs> it's like I, I, I'm glad nothing in particularly bad happened, but good lord, honestly, one of the biggest highlights was the Barbie movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say uh, my favorite of the year was Oppenheimer. So yeah, I had a feeling. I, I, I mean, it feels so generic to say, but out of out of everything I I watched and rewatched. For this year, it really it, Oppenheimer was the standout. I I actively tried to go and see it again for the IMAX viewing, Damn. Uh, but I wasn't able to get in. Oh well. So and I never I never go and see things again in the theaters, but I tried. Oh, fair. Yeah, and I think it's weird to call the Barbie movie one of the highlights, just because. Upon further reflection upon it, like after having gone and seen it and had the hype train and everything, it is a damn good movie. But also, I feel like, you know, it'll kind of die down in hype over the years just because, like, I think we were all just a little overexcited at the moment. Um, I think at the end of the day, it still was a very roundabout toy commercial. Um, I mean, which, like, I say that as if. Yeah. It had bits that I don't think worked. Like, a lot of the Mattel stuff. uh, Oh, my God. Yeah. It's kind of half baked, you know, and. I got to tell you. Will Ferrell's on thin goddamn ice. <laughs> like, I'm, just, I'm, 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 I'm trying, man. Like I watched a bunch of like I watched two of his like more famous movies this past year with Hannah, that being Talladega Nights and um, Step Brothers, notably. And he is good in both of those. I still prefer Ricky Bobby as a story. Um, but man, his whole like vibe and deal in Barbie just did not even begin to work. Like it's. I really don't know what they were thinking with all of that. Like, I feel like it's, it's, it really, half baked is definitely the best way to put it. I think it's, it seemed like they wanted to do more with it, but then it just never really materialized because they realized, hey, who gives a shit? Let's do stuff back in Barbie Land. <laughs> um, <laughs> the more interesting it's, part, yeah. Yeah. And then also, I, I gotta say, and I don't think it's been said enough, the part where they do the whole thing of like the ghost of the creator of Barbie was the cringiest shit. Whenever you think back on it, I'm like, really? <laughs> like, it was bizarre that's, in the theater. I remember thinking, yeah. like, what is this? Like, I get that we're doing the whole thing of, you know, okay, yeah, Barbie as a entity and a world is a real world thing, but somehow 
it jumped the shark when they introduced that there's just casually the ghost of the original creator of Barbie in this building being portrayed by an actress who definitely is not the original. Like That definitely seemed like one of those things of, oh, they really wanted to be able to bring the original creator on this for some credit cameo, but she's obviously been dead for a decent amount of time. And so they still just did it instead of like just doing something to honor that person, like one of their descendants, one of their grandchildren or something, bring them on for like a very minor speaker role. No, they just made it a full actually significant character and the effective deus ex machina in the end. Um, and like, like of the classical, like of the classical style, not the thing of like, Oh, it's just some random thing that saved the day. again. no, I mean the thing that basically came down from on high to say, here's how the movie, how the story shall resolve. Like the original Greek theater style of deus ex machina. It's like, what the fuck is happening? But also it's, it's weird because the movie does that, but it's also like, and it could be like some weird, to quote, you know, sort of like an, a weird avant-garde choice for Greta Gerwig, but also mm -hmm. because the film is a comedy, it's like Will Ferrell acknowledges that he knows that the ghost exists and has her own floor at the company, which is mm -hmm. just very, uh, it's just very odd and confusing as well. So I, I don't really know what I would have preferred if it was just like thinking? this independent agent. Like, it's just like, oh, we have no idea who the fuck this is. What? Yeah. Uh, I, I yeah. It's just, I don't know. There's a lot, a lot goes on in that movie. <laughs> like, I don't think I've really ever seen anyone point out the fact that there's so much going on in this fucking movie, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But the more you think about it, you're more like, man, did they really need to do all this? Yeah. But I mean, congratulations to Miss Gerwig. She has been very successful with the likes of uh, Lady Bird, Little Women, the new Barbie movie. Uh, yeah. And so rightfully so, uh, a joke I've made numerous times on the show in the past uh, but rightfully so, she has uh, been punished for her successful nature uh, and has been banished to Disney jail uh, because she is currently working on directing the upcoming Snow White remake. Oh, um, so no. Good, good for her. <laughs> uh, Disney gets them eventually. Yeah, it's, Which... it's crazy how that's always the case. It's like, oh, wow, uh, you were very successful and made this uh, great movie that got nominated for all these accolades because it was really unique and did all these interesting things. Do you want to work on Star Wars? God, uh, I feel like that's as good of a segue as any to maybe address the <laughs> address the mouse in the room. Um, Ooh, how's, okay. uh, how has Disney been holding up in your eyes this year? Because I feel like this year more than any other has been a very big kind of call to audiences as a whole that, hey, maybe let's not be super into Disney so much, which I have in many ways been taking as a beautiful moment of schadenfreude. But also, I feel kind of bad about because, like, yeah, a lot of big movies come out through Disney and there's a lot of creators who probably want to be credited for that. But, man, the Marvels just did bad, didn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, I... It's weird because I'm cheering for their downfall as an entity, but there are a lot of people, like, creatives that work th for them and through them by proxy that I don't necessarily want to be harmed by this. And it, it's funny saying that because a, a number of them probably are already harmed just... Yeah. by working for the mouse itself. But still, like, I don't want anything to... It, 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 it reminds me a lot of that tweet uh, that was basically, quote, tweeting uh, one of those film Twitter accounts that was like, uh, Wish, Wish, which was Disney's big uh, centennial celebration film, underperformed at the box office by quite a lot. And the quote tweet was just, I hope you're all happy. You're ruining the studio's big anniversary. And it's like, well, maybe they should make, like, good movies. Yeah, and like, what the fuck? Oh, no you leave that multi-billion dollar biggest media conglomerate in history alone. Like, fucking what? <laughs> and, and here's the thing. 
I I gotta be very careful about what I say because I could totally come off as sounding like a right wing crank, which is one hundred percent not my intent. But oh yeah, no. Look, listen, y'all. If you've been listening long enough, you know that we're not right wingers. Like I feel like that needs to be made perfectly clear. It just it's funny that they Bob Chapek fucked up, so they kicked his ass out. The shareholders are like, "You're gone," and they're you basically pull, they pull Bob Iger back into the fold to save their company. <laughs> and it's funny that Iger has a statement in one of these all hands meetings for Disney and is like, I think we forgot that we were supposed to be telling entertaining stories instead of pushing agendas. Hmm. Like he said, he said that in a meeting. It's like, uh, yeah, probably like it's, you know, I, I, I don't have a problem with, you know, the way you cast movies. I, we just did our episode on the little mermaid. It's like, I don't have a problem with you casting a black woman as the role of Ariel in the movie. That's not my problem. My problem is that you make very obvious, safe choices to appeal to everyone possible and pander, and it's obvious that you pander. And also, you just, you aren't making good things right now. Like, the scripts are yeah. solid, or the songs suck, or whatever it is. Maybe you should just, you know, try to entertain, because that's your job. You're not like an A24 or whatever. I'm not watching Disney movies to make me think. If you do that, then that's a plus, but maybe you should focus on, like, the entertainment value, or whatever. But then, at the same time, like, with that, is... The fact that, you know, with, you know, very much acknowledging that, yeah, they've been doing a lot of safe choices and they haven't really been winning as a result of that. Um, and they've just been putting out, you know, crap scripts and everything. And then with that, on the other side is, I think the mentality of moviegoers recently has been kind of, re like, kind of reshifting again. And after we've realized, hey, maybe all these, like, Marvel movies and superhero movies are getting a bit fucking stale. Thank God that's finally starting to set in. Um, that, hey, look at all these other weird and quirky movies coming out. Like, all these different A24 movies that came out. I mean, like, hell, Asteroid City from Wes Anderson came out this year and did really well. Um, but I think it's also... It, it, what's that? Sorry. Sorry, I was I was going to say, I, 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 def, I think I see where you were going with this. I just also wanted to say that I I think that those films can be entertaining just for different reasons. I guess. Yeah. So, I, think I guess I, it's I just, didn't want to come across as saying Disney should just be, like, Circus Maximus for the masses. No, 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 no. I, I get to oh, there. Okay. But it's like, it's funny because I, I saw a quote from Christopher Nolan the other day where he took like, I guess a few, like some publication asked a few directors like how they think movies are doing modern day. And of course, Quentin Tarantino personally said that they were doing shit these days, which is like, you know, of course he did because he's like, God knows there is no era that he is good except the one he decides on. Um, mm -hmm. But Christopher Nolan came out and said, it's like, well, look at it this way. I made a movie about a man, about Robert Oppenheimer. Half of it was in black and white. And I made a billion dollars from that. I think movies are doing great. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, we're getting very interesting new stories these days. And I think it's extremely refreshing. And I think audiences are starting to realize that. And the fact is Disney has done movies that are still safe for a wider audience, but also pushing the boundaries of their own thing before. I mean, hell little mermaid was its own version of that at the time. And it kicked off the Renaissance. Um, and so it's just the fact that they've gone to just, you know, you know, beating, you know, beating the towel upon the rocks is just, not really been a great it's not really been a great business model clearly and i think people are starting to realize yeah all the remakes all the attempts at just like skirting under the radar i mean the fact of like you know i can't remember the name of it the movie that they released um you know basically under the radar on disney plus that of course underperformed um oh, i can't even remember it's not so, it's not onward what are you <laughs> it's not onward Strange Worlds, that's it. Strange Worlds, okay, sorry. Like, they did that for um, like, a bunch of Disney I, I know, they ultimately stuff. did. But some of them did, like, Luca did better by comparison. They, I at least saw ads for Luca. Um, Turning Red did great, too. And so, yeah, exactly. Um, and these were movies that came out, like, during the fucking pandemic years, for God's sake. So, like, obviously they're going to get hurt no matter what. But, I mean, with Strange Worlds, where it's clearly like they had no hope in it at all. And they just, like, relegated it to the fucking attic, effectively. 
And I don't know. I just, I haven't been able to respect them for their decisions lately. And it's just, I can't feel even a little bit of sympathy when all of these other projects are rightfully at this point getting panned and going badly. And just all this bad fortune that's been hitting them. I mean, like, I think someone pointed out to me that even just looking at the MCU at Marvel, if you took all of the amount of time put together of the first four phases of Marvel, it comes out to less time in total than the current state of phase five uh, alone. Like the amount of shows and movies and everything they've done is more time than they've had for the first four phases combined. And still nobody's really sure where the fuck all of it's going. Like, I mean, God knows. I mean, if you heard the seeing the news recently, Jonathan Majors has just gone from the greatest fall from grace in the world. Um, oh, yeah, that's been happening for some months now. And everyone's been yeah. asking, what about Kang? And I'm like, I don't really well, I mean, he's been officially he's been officially fired now because he like the verdict came down that, yeah, he, he assaulted his girlfriend. He was guilty of it. Um, oh, good. I mean, yeah, so he's been not the assault, but the not the assault. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah no, he's been recent. Yeah, but although someone did point out that Disney has the ability to do the funniest goddamn thing in the world, and instead recast him with, I believe his name's Cuba Gooding Jr., the guy who would have been Rhodey, but they passed over for the new guy. Like, do you remember all the way back okay. in like the first Iron Man? Yeah. Like, like someone pointed out, I was like, okay, that guy who got dropped and got recast. What if we bring him back for this new recasting? It's like I think that'd be hilarious. They should just cast Ezra Miller. Oh, Christ. Let's not even get into that. The oh, the Flash was this year. Oh, God. It was, and I thankfully, I still have not seen it, but I've seen enough clips oh. to know everything that's going on. You know, so. I, oh, God. Yeah, that. I mean, what the fuck, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I also just gotta point, at least briefly point out the hypocrisy of, yeah, like, of Jonathan Majors. He got very quickly raked over the coals for all this stuff, and it got dropped rightfully from Marvel. And Ezra Miller was allowed to do a fucking speed, speed, like a speed run of crime as a whole, and they still showed the, the Flash movie, which was itself still awful. It's like, his speed running crime was a promotion for the Flash. Is like, like apparently, goes. a fucking apparently, like my god, the psychopath of that guy. Which I say, guy, he apparently identifies. They, they apparently identify as non-binary, but still, the the psychosis of this person is obscene. Um. It's just, oh, I don't know. I just, I mean, I, like for as bad as Marvel is currently doing, it will never be as nearly as bad as the DC universe. Yeah. It's, but I mean, oh. that being said, I, I have to so, sort of point out that sort of like you were saying, like th this is DC Warner Brothers and we're talking Disney and Marvel and stuff like that. But yeah, if we look outside of that, there's a ton of stuff that released this year that I was a fan of and, you know, that I liked. I I mean, I started off the year strong with that DreamWorks Puss in Boots movie, which technically released uh, winter of last year. But mm. that, was well, that, way to, yeah, that was a great way to start the year. And then we had, for, for me anyways, Knock at the Cabin, Bo is Afraid, Asteroid City, the newest Spider-Man, which wasn't as good as Into the Spider-Verse, but I thought it was decent for at least a first-parter. And then Oppenheimer, mm. Barbie, The Boy and the Heron, the new Venture Bros movie, the new TMNT, The Holdovers... <laughs> like I, I saw a ton of shit that I really liked this year. Um, a lot of good movies this year, but yeah. I, I guess it's just that nothing really kind of came close to the hype of Barbie, and so everything just kind of felt lower by comparison. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what, I mean, what a what a weird look. what a weird year this has been. This is like so many highs and lows to the point where it actually kind of evens out to average. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So yeah, but, John um, John Wick John Wick Four came out this year. Holy shit! I forgot about that. Which um, I'm curious to see where that universe is going because uh, you know, spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> Uh, I guess so long as we're, <laughs> I guess so long as we're uh, talking about like the highs and the lows of this year, or whatever, uh, we can do what we do every year and briefly touch on the awards, which uh, we always uh. do very briefly because we don't give a shit, but it is interesting to see where minds are at just because 
it's kind of a baseline for financing at the end of the day. So yeah. looking at this anymore is not an entertainment factor, but more of like an industry factor of like, ooh, who's going to be making movies? <laughs> who's going to be pushed <laughs> to Star Wars Town or whatever? Oh, um, God. And I mean, the Academy Awards, for instance, are very easy <laughs> this time around just because uh, everything, everywhere, all at once uh, swept the Oscars. Yeah, um, I almost forgot that that did numbers and honestly, rightfully so. <laughs> Good on them. I, I remember there was hesitation at the time from a lot of film folk. Um, and for honestly, for decent reason. And it, it was like, it's a very good movie. Their fear was that it sweeping the Oscars would make people retroactively hate it. <laughs> Which, yeah. I don't think happened. I saw their point at the time, but I mm -hmm. don't think that happened. So uh, maybe we got the good ending. Yeah, I think... Um, yeah, it's... It's just, it's such a wild movie as a whole that it feels impossible to have a consistent opinion about it and yet it did like it's it's i think it's so hard to really consider it a bad film with how much hearts it clearly went into it and how wild it was when they were doing it so i don't think that's ever really going to change i feel like that one's going to stand out for a very very long time um i imagine it might age poorly in its own way because i mean it's one of a fucking deluge of things that are tying into the things like the multiverse um uh -huh. But it thankfully did it in the, such a way that actually made the concept of a multiverse like a, you know, narrative, like, like a narrative element rather than just like, hey, wouldn't it be wild if Superman was an asshole? Um, it actually decided, yes. no, let's do it as a like tr as a way of like exploring the concept of the self. Like, holy shit. I think that's that's true, too, because it, everything everywhere all at once is a lot more introspective in that. Right. Uh, also, you know, it's it's from a different cultural background that you get to see the insights of at least to a certain degree. But yeah. My main takeaway is that I, even though it's a multiverse film, when we're currently swamped with multiverse films, I didn't really feel that because the framing device and the plot was based around the multiverse. Whereas regardless of what people like Disney or Marvel or DC or whoever will say is not the point of a lot of those movies because they're all pre-existing franchises. Even even the Sony Spider-Man ones are guilty of that because uh the animated spider-man movies are guilty of that because it's just like oh look it's ps1 spider-man and it's it's uh noir spider-man and it's you know it's all based around like this nostalgia for certain things no matter how good the story is and yeah blissfully everywhere everything everywhere all at once gets to be separated from that because it's not based on anything it's yeah you know, we're fully pulled in we're seeing all these different realities but we don't know who these people are the movie is has to work extra hard to get us to sympathize with these characters because there, there's no i don't know we don't have any buy-in at the get-go yeah like what a concept of a movie trying to get us to identify and enjoy its characters like I, I, it, it shouldn't it shouldn't be this weirdly rare and yet like characters who are complex and in many ways unlikable but then ultimately show that they are human and therefore have to be likable because we are also human like what the fucking hell <laughs> like, jj abrams could never jj abrams would could yeah I don't know why I decided to pick J.J. Abrams in particular there. Yeah, I don't think he's a necessarily bad director, but, you know. It's, he's I think guilty it, of his own crimes. Yeah, I suppose. I've seen the um, Star, Star Trek and Star Wars things, so. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Nothing's bringing back the, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch film. <laughs> um, I, Honestly, the only other standout that I have for the Oscars this year is uh, Best Actor, which went to yep. uh, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, which... Mm -hmm. uh, well deserved because honestly, like I, I saw the whale and, mm -hmm. and it's it's like fine as a movie. I think he probably is the best part of it. Like oh, yeah. if it wasn't him, it probably would have been a way weaker movie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's still I, good on him. 
that movie still holds a unique place in my heart of I found it to be an incredible film. It was very powerful. There are a lot of great performances on display. I will never, ever, ever recommend it to anyone because holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I can't in good conscience tell anyone to watch this movie. <laughs> it's like, it's just, I cannot force them to sit there and just witness this pure distilled depression that is this film. <laughs> like it's ultimate, it's ultimately on a whole ends on a hopeful note. And that's the whole point. But damn, that is a hint of hope in a sea of depression. <laughs> It's funny because it's also in this weird place of just thinking, like, what drew Aronofsky to this production? Like, why did he want to do this? I still don't know. And I don't think I ever will. I mean, truly, what drove anyone to make this concept in the first place? Because I'm pretty sure it wasn't a stage play originally. I think we talked about it that. It was, yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, my God. <laughs> like, I mean, that's why they don't go anywhere. It's like a bottle. Yeah, that's true. Sort of movie. Um also, let's never forget uh, his his uh, Best Actor award speech, uh, which was uh, very odd <laughs> at the time. Yeah. It was it was like, I was the whale and you pulled me out of the depths to the, like, it, he used like 10 metaphors when one would have sufficed, but uh, yeah. I think, honestly, let, let's just be real here. It's Brendan Fraser, the man who many of us know from the mummy fame, being given and like accepting a an Academy Award, what is considered to be the highest award in, you know, his category, especially. And, like, yeah, I, I didn't expect anything deeply profound, and I'm sure he was trying to be deeply profound with it. He was probably just thrilled because, yeah, the man had been raked over the proverbial coals for a good number of years here. I think I think he earned them. Yeah. So no, it's no. like, yeah, I'm sure, like, if I were up there, I'd be a blubbering mess. It's like, oh, my God, this is insane. I mean, I hate the Oscars as a concept now, but that's, it, you know, it's, it's the point that I'm trying to make. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, uh, and then also, so, yeah. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio won Best Animated Feature. We both saw it. We yeah. It, so, <laughs> there you go. yeah. Some dog just barked at something, which is extremely rare. <laughs> just I'm like, should I, should I, should I go look outside with the fire? Uh, that's up to you. Uh, give me like, oh, I think I think we just actually got a package. Sorry, you might have to cut this part out. Um, no, I'm gonna go check that real quick, actually. Sure. One mo. Oh, I actually, just got the doorbell rang. So yeah, one sec. All right. Sorry about that. Uh, package came in for Hannah. Oh, sure. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, just, you know, lavender. lavender barked one time, and I was like, what the... She does not bark normally. Uh, but yeah, there's just, just a male person. Okay. Hmm. Sorry, but we you to you. What were we talking about last time? Well, uh, I think if we don't have... Pinocchio. You just, you just, oh, just yeah. mentioned Pinocchio. Sorry. Um, yes. Yeah, no, I am, I am, as always, happy for Mr. Del Toro. Um, Senor Del Toro, I guess, would be better, but whatever. Um, Possibly. If... Um, yeah, I still like that film. I think, um, I think it was very creative putting it in fascist Italy. It was unexpected and I truly didn't expect him to stay a wooden puppet at the end, but you know, hmm. I guess I was expecting the Disney version of things where, oh, he is a real boy. Yeah. It's like, no, he's, he's still, he's still wood. Huh. And he's still, it's more about the soul thing. It's... <laughs> and he's still, 
and he's still effectively immortal, which is wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a lot closer to the uh, the novel, the Italian uh, book. That makes sense, I suppose. That's a it's a wild and fun, strange little movie. Yes. Well, hmm. uh, speaking of wild, fun, and strange movies, if we have nothing else Ooh. on the awards, which we usually don't. No, nah, um, we. I every year I I I only cared about this year in particular just because of everything everywhere. Yeah. You know what? That's actually a good question. Uh, do you have any ideas for what might end up uh, at Hollywood's biggest night next year? I think Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer. Is, is probably the, the most obvious one. I think Oppenheimer is going to sweep. Maybe not as much as everything everywhere, but it's going to be close. Um, I think Barbie will get a lot of mentions. I don't know if it'll necessarily win a whole lot other than maybe like production ones, like for costuming, maybe and like production. Oh, set like, design. Yeah. Like set design and stuff. Because like, yeah, that was all extremely impressive. The commercials. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they were definitely angling for that, I'm pretty sure. Um, as far as like any kind of the grander awards for that, I doubt anyone's going to be getting anything for that. Like, as much as I would absolutely adore Ryan Gosling to win an award for his performances, Ken, I doubt, I don't really see it happening. Um, it feels like every time I see someone commenting on a scene from Oppenheimer, it seems like every single actor in that movie deserves an Oscar. So I'm guessing most of them are going to get the sweep. Um, it'd be cool to see, like, I know it's not going to happen because it's just with how the award system is at this point, it's basically impossible. I would still love to see another like grand, like the big five win again, like of best actor, actress, screenplay, director, and movie. I think Oppenheimer would be worthy of that. I think it's got all of that. Um, but I don't really expect that to happen despite it deserving to, but it'd be cool. <laughs> That's yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I, I think that, well, I mean, I think Killers of the Flower Moon will end up in there somewhere, but I yeah. don't know. I don't know if it's again. I haven't seen it. I know people like it for what it is. I haven't seen it, but apart, you know, some of that Scorsese ness that lends itself to it, I think it's safe to say it'll at least be nominated for a number of things. Um, yeah, but uh, I just I wish I wish I could have more enthusiasm to go see it because it's a very interesting subject matter that I actually have a you know I have a vested interest in just that period in history, especially. Um, but dear God, the runtime. I just, I can't, I can't in good conscience look at that and go like, that's an appropriate length for a modern movie. It's like, no, <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't, I can't do that anymore. Like, I'm surprised any sane human being in the past was able, ever able to do something like Ben-Hur or any of those longer movies that required intermissions in the middle. It's like, how the fuck does anyone have the patience? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I, I just, I know for a fact, it's just going to be about four hours of watching Leonardo DiCaprio be upset at something. Just like, just seeing him putting on his best Midwestern, like old school Midwestern frowny face. It's like, I, it's like nothing but respect for the man, obviously, but Jesus, there's no way this is going to be an upper. Yeah. I, I kind of hope that the holdovers, uh, gets nominated for something. It just feels like it's going up against so much that it probably won't. I wouldn't be surprised anything, if it did. Which is, which is unfortunate because I really do. I really do like it. Uh, it just, it doesn't seem like something that'll, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like it'll pull through uh, in that regard. And then uh, I, I don't really know outside of that. Maybe May, December, which I haven't seen, uh, but I know people have been raving about here recently. Maybe that'll get something. I I, uh, I honestly don't know. You know, those are. This was a bit, of, yeah. Like, like, again, it's just, it's been such a weirdly mixed year with a lot of these films. I could not give you a true prediction beyond some of the big tent poles. Um, yeah. I imagine that the Spider-Verse movie will probably at least be up there for animated movie. Um, oh, yeah. Spider-Verse and Boy and the Heron are, like, the only two th- animated things I saw this year where I was like, oh, yeah, I could see that winning. But besides that is what 
Wish and Elemental from Disney. Um, like, uh... I'm sure there were other... That Nimona that came out on Netflix. Uh, it was supposed to be oh, a yeah. Blue Sky movie, I think, and then Blue Sky shut down or whatever. So, yeah. I, I Which I haven't seen. I can't speak to the quality of that film. So I guess I don't really know where animated feature is gonna go. I, I would be fine with either Spider-Man or Boy in the Heron taking it, honestly. I don't yeah. think Disney deserves it with either of the animated movies they released this year. I saw both, and they were both met. Which I cannot tell you how much I would absolutely adore for their 100th anniversary be met with absolutely no major awards. <laughs> because, oh my god, I, I just, I want this to be a year of humbling because I simply want Disney to do better shit. And I need them to recognize that, yeah, after the, you know, y'all had a, you know, strike among other things this year, y'all gotta maybe pick up your act. I don't even know if they're gonna get anything for visual effects, honestly. Okay, I, mean, I can't imagine. I mean, like from everything I've seen of of either of those movies, they don't seem especially spectacular in any regard. <laughs> Least I mean, of all Gar visuals. Guardians three was fine, but yeah, from what I've seen of the Marvels and uh, Quantum Mania, like you know, oh God. no prize pig. Yeah, no. And like all their TV shows that came out this year with Disney Plus, most of which were complete squibs. <laughs> like Secret Invasion <laughs> came out, and that was the most that was the most meh response I've ever seen to any Marvel property. Like people are going on about the Marvels having such a bad box office, but Secret Invasion, like, for, like it had Sam Jackson as the main role, and it just did nothing. <laughs> it's like it's a it, it for all intents and purposes was meant to be like a big divisive thing where a lot of like maybe potential secrets came out. Like like oh this character's been an imposter the whole time, and then just like seemingly nothing seems to have happened. I mean, aside from aside from the uh, AI-generated opening credits, the only thing I know about Secret of Invasion is apparently most of the show's runtime is people hiding behind desks whispering things. That's the impression I've gotten as well. So. <laughs> that and, like, a really so weird cool. stilted... A really weird stilted love romance thing with Sam Jackson and one of the alien women. And it's about as eh as you can imagine. <laughs> Good lord. Like, I'm sorry, I just... Samuel Jackson, you're a wonderful actor, but uh, romantic love interest, I cannot buy from you, my man. <laughs> uh, but then who is the, um, the, uh, it's the, the British actress who won a, an Academy Award a few years back. She's, all, she's mainly known for comedy and everything, but she is in it as well, but I can't remember her name for the life of me, but apparently she's the only truly good part in that show. Cause it's just like, oh, a person with insanely good acting chops among this nothing Marvel show. It's that, yeah, that's going to, yeah. I know. I feel bad, and I'm trying to trying to think. I'm, I'll try to look it up. Hang on. Okay. Um. But yeah, just apparently she's the only true good part. Uh, Olivia Coleman. Um. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's in. Uh, she's in Wonka. Which yes, also, in, also in Wonka. Uh, of like, uh, among other things, of course. Um, Woof. <laughs> do you have opinions on Wonka? It's not good. I I wrote okay. you on Letterboxd. It's it's weak. Okay, I figured. <laughs> That's fine. You can go into it more if you want to, but also at the same time, that would make for a good episode. Sure. Yeah, they remade it again. God. So <laughs> We haven't done that in a while. Maybe it's time to bring it back in 2024 for Wonka. Uh, pretty early, so I don't have to watch it a second time. No, fair. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's just make that the first episode of the year out of nowhere. Just like, sure. just re release early. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she was apparently the highlight of Secret Invasion because, you know, she's an incredibly, insanely good and funny actress. <laughs> Meanwhile, everything else around that show was just like nothing. Oh, well, great. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, we don't usually have a lot to say on uh, award shows. It's less and less every year, but it's still, I think it's still important to take a look at where the minds are at, because like I said, that informs a lot of financing and who's going to go places. So uh, mm. I, I'm very interested in it from an industry perspective, but yeah, it's, it's not like an entertaining watch and it hasn't been for quite some time. But 
Um, Still better than the Dame Awards this year. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that was uh, strange. But um, (laughs) less said about that, the better. If uh, well, if we want to go into something more entertaining, our favorite part of the program, uh, we can. And that is uh, 2024 releases. We Yay! always have a lot of fun with this one. Oh see, my god. Shit. Oh my god, I cannot wait. Uh, do you have anything uh, you immediately want to jump into? or? Um, there is going to be another Godzilla and King Kong movie, and it looks like they're going to be in a buddy cop film, and it looks fucking incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of the... I haven't... I, did I watch Godzilla vs. Kong? I think, I think I might have watched that. Well, at any rate, Godzilla has like a robot hand. When did that happen? Or uh, King Kong has like a robot hand. When did that happen? I don't think that was. That's a new thing. I'm pretty sure that's that's new for okay, this new movie. So so cool. That's so cool. Just yeah. confuse me immediately. Uh, yeah, so I don't know what the, the hell. Um, but yeah, I like I don't have any. Bank, banking on the success of Godzilla minus one for that, even though they're different Godzillas by different companies. Uh, I, I wonder if they're going to try to pull some box office revenue from that success. I'm sure they dropped the trailer very, they dropped the trailer at a very well-timed moment for the fact that Godzilla minus one was very much in the minds of people right now. So I'm willing to bet. Yeah. That they're going to ride some of that high, which you know what? Fine. Sure. It's a completely different God. It is so wild seeing the difference of like the original, basically the, the original Toho um, production studio doing a, proper original style Godzilla movie again, which is apparently going to be getting a black and white re-release in theaters, which sounds incredible. Um, Sounds great. I know it's wild. Um, But the fact that we have this, like the minus one come out from basically the original Toho, which I believe it's, it's Toho who did it. Um, Mm -hmm. But that it comes out and it's very much of the spirit of the original, it being a very deep and actually like meaningful message behind like all the reasonings behind Godzilla. The fact that, you know, it's, you know, kind of somewhat more common knowledge now that, um, Godzilla's skin texture is meant to emulate the burns found on, like, the skin burns found on victims who survived Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Um, it's meant to be, like, this whole thing about nuclear proliferation and, and weapon proliferation, and this new one's about grief and survivor's guilt and all these insane things and centering on World War II from the perspective of the Japanese populace. And it's this insanely deep and harrowing and scary story. And then we just have Kong and Godzilla just buddying up to be like yeah hollow earth theory we're going up against a giant evil orangutan or something it's wild (laughs) it's like man it's it's almost obscene the differences between the the mentalities of the fact that we have you know the the american version of the being created by nuclear war and the japanese version of it it's like which also i just have to say how beautifully pointed it is that godzilla minus one might be a bigger earner than oppenheimer this year apparently like it's coming close to it apparently which is like the poetic beauty of that is kind of hard to miss that is funny (laughs) it's incredible i I, yeah i i'm just i don't understand the godzilla kong obsession with just avoiding any interesting godzilla monsters in favor of creating like new boring whatevers yeah there's so many, like, Ibira and, like, uh, Biolante and uh, just all these different creatures that they could pull from. There's, like, a smog one I really like. And instead, it's like, yeah, it's just, you know, it's like a big monkey. Because King Kong mm-hmm. doesn't have, like, a lot of baddies to pull from or whatever you want to call them. Which, like, yeah. I, I wanted the main enemy to be a biplane. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so here's here's Kong's true old nemesis. Oh, he's back. Oh. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pause for a quick second so I can close my door because Hannah might come on at some point. I don't want her to necessarily interrupt. Sure.
Okay, there we go. Um, yeah, I'm just now I'm just it's the fun moment of just looking down the Google listing of new things that are coming out. Um, Deadpool three, which is probably going to be something. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be something. They're pulling again. It's it's this. Deadpool one was like a fun idea. It's like the meta superhero, whatever. And, you know, Ryan Reynolds had some more appeal then as compared to now when I'm completely sick of him. So there, there was yeah. a certain charm with it, but it's falling into that same hole of just like, look at this nostalgia baiting, whatever with all the Hugh Jackman shit. Like I, mm. just, I have no interest. I have, I'm mildly interested. I feel like I'll enjoy it simply for the fact of it seems from all the screenshots that have leaked. Um, it seems like they're deliberately making fun of like multiverse shit. Cause it seemed like there was, three or four different dead people in Deadpool costumes and two or three Wolverines. I was like, you know what? Sure. If anyone can pull this off, these guys can. Like, I still have a little respect for Ryan Reynolds. Not much, but some. Um, right. Maybe it'll be funny. Then. So I think I think it'll be, I think it'll be mildly entertaining while it's here, and then we will all collectively forget about it. Excellent. It's, <laughs> um, to that end, also, perhaps in the opposite direction, uh, Madam Web, the next in Sony's continued, like, attempting to break a brick wall with their skulls, of trying to make something out of the wider Spider-Man lore, which I saw the trailer for that. And I'm like, I just, I don't care. I was, see, I was fully convinced that they were going to maybe save on bringing up the concept of Madam web until the third Spider-Verse movie. I was kind of convinced that that was going to be the end game of that movie where they encounter like the original earth or whatever. And it's like, Oh, here's Madam web. And she's been the one basically doing the whole thing, like of keeping the multiverse together. And I don't know. I thought I, I just kind of didn't expect them to just like drop like, a whole independent on its own movie about Madam Web. Cause if I remember from the comics, she's not so much a character so much as a God figure. She more just kind of shows up out of nowhere on occasion for Spider-Man to be like, Whoa, like what's all this going on? Madam Web's like, there's some weird shit going down. Spidey go this way. You're like, okay, cool. Bye. Um, so I just, I, mean, I don't really interesting than whatever the hell I saw. So yeah, fair in that trailer. And so yeah, that's, it's just, it seems weird for them to want to do a movie about that and try to make it more about an independent character rather than, again, as essentially a god type, which is meant to not really have an origin other than explained after the fact. It's just, it seems kind of odd for them to be like, oh, the origins of this character. It's like, we don't necessarily need that. We don't need well, the Genesis. I mean, so long as we're talking about Sony's uh, dip into their own, their, uh, you know, their Spider-Man stuff, we are getting another Venom movie. And I really think that they're banking their hopes on this this Madam Web and the follow up to Venom because I, I think they want to go in a direction where they want to explore the Spider Man baddies in the same way that you know because Batman has the best rogues gallery of DC Spider Man's kind of similar he has the best yeah. rogues gallery of the Marvel universe like oh my God we had ideas to do the Rhino movie and we were we were gonna do Chameleon and now we don't know we're, what we're gonna do we're gonna bring bring back Paul Giamatti it was gonna be a whole thing yeah he's gonna, <laughs> Paul Giamatti's coming back you know hot off the the holdovers he's coming back to the Spider Man world yeah. Which, oh and not to and not to move away from this as a subject just simply because we could talk about it for hours but I just I looked more through some of the movies coming out and it's equal parts interest and oh what the fuck why and I just need to say a few of them in rapid succession and just like let you pick which one of those you want to focus on more um we have the wicked movie coming out the first part it's probably gonna be a two-parter which I will never forgive the last Harry Potter movie for doing that uh -huh. and setting that as a trend it's like oh let's just divide this into two it's like fuck you um so we have to keep waiting for this shit but we got that going. We have apparently what I can only assume to be a sequel to Twister called Twisters <laughs> with an S. Um, okay. We have a movie called Civil War, which is I've seen the trailer for that came out not too long ago. It is about a modern civil war in the United States of America. Yes, I saw that too. Which is 
concerning considering modern political climates um and which i know i think isn't entirely the point um and then we have the joker sequel movie which i'm not going to try to pronounce its subtitle because it's french great well uh I've heard so i'll let you pick except for twisters so what the fuck i i know i saw it okay even on here on google it clearly is just using the poster from the original twister it just <laughs> doesn't have anything extra with it i'm gonna see if i can't get more information from this a awaited a new chapter in the Twister. Oh my God! What? Let's, yeah, an update to the 1996 film Twister, which centered on a pair of storm chasers who risk their lives in an attempt to test. Yada yada yada. yada. I, that's it. Just what it says on the IMDb. Um, it has a lot of actors and actresses I do not even slightly recognize. Yeah. Who the I fuck mean, is Glenn Powell? A lot of these people were just on Downton Abbey, and that's it. That's weirdly specific. Blinders. Okay. So it's an I, English. I just, so is this an English-made film? What the fuck? I don't know. Wikipedia, Wikipedia doesn't have much more than IMDb has. So, mm. I mean, I guess I guess that's a thing that's happening. I don't know why, but like I, I've seen parts of the original Twister. It's not a good movie. It's not a bad one per se, but it's also just not worth your much of your time. I've I don't know seen, why. I've it's, seen the whole thing. It's bad. But <laughs> yeah, like, okay, cool. Um, I just I don't know why because it seems like it's been weirdly consistent in the public zeitgeist, and I don't know why that is. Um, it might just be for the fact of the cast, I guess. Like it's got a decently stacked cast, if I remember right. Yeah, Helen Hunt's in it. I know, but it's it's. I can't really think of many movies except for Sharknado that focus on tornadoes. So maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe. It's it's like the tornado movie, and it's like. I don't know if Storm Chasers was well known if people knew about them much in the zeitgeist in the mm. mid 90s. Um, so maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. This is really interesting that um, Helen Hunt was all in for a sequel to Twister and she's like, oh, I was going to write it and direct, you know, I, I could join in the cast and be there. And the studio was like, no, your, your character's going to be dead in the sequel. So you can't be a part in this in any way, which is huh. wild that they would just turn that down immediately. Just that is such easy nostalgia bait casting. And they're just like, no. No thanks. Yeah. Twisters uh, brand can survive on its own. <laughs> it's brand, my god. <laughs> um, what the hell? Dear God. Okay, I, I keep just looking through more of these movies because it's just more moments of I go to the next like list of movies and I'll just I'm just gonna rattle you off a few more for, with the same practice because Jesus Christ, there's a lot going on this next year apparently. Um, so we have a sequel to that Winnie the Pooh horror movie, Blood and Honey. Uh -huh. That's apparently getting a sequel. Cool. There is the. There's a John Krasinski-made movie called If, which you may have heard about. It's a movie starring Ryan Reynolds, which, you know, great start. Um, uh -huh. And it's about, it's basically just Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, but as a live-action movie. Like, I don't know how else to put it. Um, but cool. there's that. There's apparently going to be another... Like a great double feature with the uh, Imaginary Horror movie coming yeah. in March. <laughs> with that, I'm actually kind of, that, I'm like, I'm tacitly, like, wild, weirdly interested in that one. Um but there's apparently going to be another Planet of the Apes movie, which, if I remember right, um, they talk about is actually going to be closer to the time frame of like the original movie, where it's like several hundred years in the future. Um, which, to be fair, I think in the movie it's several hundred thousand years in the future. Um, but that's besides the point. Um, obviously, we have the other part of Dune, so we can eventually finally do that movie. It was supposed to be this December, and it got pushed. So, yep, there is the Garfield movie that will have Chris Pratt playing Garfield. Because why? I don't know why. Um, mm -hmm. again, less said about the, that, the better. And finally, the one that I'm actually interested in is that the, uh, remake of Nosferatu is coming out. Yes. I saw, that has a scar, one of the scars guards in it, doesn't it? I believe so. Yes. Um, I'm I can, forward to that. that I'm actually like genuinely pretty interested in because 
I do quite like um, the original. It's obviously still a very like it's just a, it's meant to just ape on Dracula essentially, um, but they couldn't get the licensing rights for it, so they just created their own new new dude. Um, but apparently, Willem Dafoe is going to be in it, which is wild. He's having like a renaissance. Oh my god, yeah! Like it's kind of every time I learn to poor things. And... There was one he was in. He was like, um, oh, oh, it's uh, Bill Bill Skarsgård by the way, who's playing Count Orlock. Oh, okay. Um. Oh my god! And okay, I, I, I've completely forgotten about my other point now entirely because another character who is going to be in here is played by Nicholas Holt, who we saw in Renfield as Renfield. Like, what is this dude's weirdly specific? Like, how are you being typecast into vampire movies? So strange. I... <laughs> and then Aaron Taylor Johnson, who like you know he was in Craven the Hunter, which is honestly not too far off from vampire movies. Hell, it was it was his version of like of Morbius. So. Less about Morbius, like, the better. I, for, yeah. I forgot. I didn't even include that in the Sony Spider-Man thing because I forgot I mean, about it. I'll only ever consider it the movie that somehow managed to bomb twice. <laughs> yes. Everyone. No, no, never forget. <laughs> also, let's all try to very quickly forget. Yes. I I hate this list so much because, or, you know what? I don't hate this list. I hate Hollywood because I always <laughs> see... I always see names for movies and I'm like, oh, that sounds really interesting. And I click on it and it's a poster and it's a guy that's beat up and he's holding a gun. And it's like, oh, my God, the painter, the beekeeper. Uh, I just what the fuck? The beekeeper, like being a Jason Statham thing. I saw the trailer for that. It's the wildest thing where it's like apparently beekeepers are essentially a form of secret police in the country. It's like, what? <laughs> I just it's... don't even know anymore. It, Ballerina is like, oh, that sounds interesting. Oh, it's a John Wick spinoff. So I know what I'm getting there. Why are yeah. all movies like this? Yeah. I'm not even saying that they're bad because some of these might be good, but like, why are all movies this now? Yeah. Which I got to say, I like the John Wick movies up until like midway, th like up until like the third one. And it started being like, okay, this is a bit absurd. <laughs> like even, even by this movie's established standards, this motherfucker should have been dead 18 times over by now. <laughs> it's I'm pretty sure at the end of the, uh, yeah, at the end of the third movie, he fully gets, shot multiple times and knocked off of I believe the 20th story like the 20th floor of a building if not more and still somehow survives for the fourth movie and then like again spoiler alert he does finally die in the fourth movie and it's from a pretty basic gunshot wound I'm like really that's how he's going out <laughs> like I, I thought you'd have to blow this man up like a, with an atom bomb before <laughs> it would be confirmed yeah <laughs> I, 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 yeah that's crazy I, so yeah, um, I I don't get yeah, but I, I'm with you there. I don't get why movies are doing this. I I, I do want to say, uh, Drive Away Dolls is supposed to be coming out in February, which is actually hilarious because um, I got a trailer for that before the holdovers recently, uh, before the movie started, and I was huh? like, I've seen this trailer before. Where have I seen this trailer before? I saw this trailer back in like January, <laughs> because the movie was supposed to come out in September of this year, and it got oh, delayed. God. Because of the SAG after strike, apparently it wasn't completely finished, so they had to delay it. And now it's coming out. It's supposed to be coming out in February, but I I just saw the title and it was funny because I was like, this movie did not already come out, didn't I see? Haven't I seen this before? So yeah, uh, yeah. I just wanted to uh, point that out. Uh, besides that, uh, I would like to go through this list and just uh, rattle off a couple things that we can do episodes on. <laughs> because oh my there god! Are a yeah, a lot of remakes coming out. Uh, Holy mean hell! Girls, <laughs> mean Girls in January. Ladies yep. and gentlemen. Which uh, is apparently going to be the musical version of Mean Girls. 
Yeah, I've gotten a number of trailers for it uh, so far, and everyone is... You know what? It's It's got a very fun song as a backing track. Um, yeah. That I've been enjoying. Um, but yeah, uh, Mean Girls, we can definitely cover. Uh, that's yeah. going to be interesting. Um, moving on, uh, Dune, of course, which we talked about. We'll be able to hopefully step into that uh, when it finally God. happens. Finally, but also, oh dear lord. Yeah. Oh dear lord, are we even ready? Um, this is untitled Universal Monsters film. What does that mean? <laughs> it who even knows anymore? <laughs> like, Reportedly if, inspired if, by the 1936 movie Dracula's Daughter. Okay, so maybe that's a remake of Dracula's Daughter. I don't know. I can't. Okay, I feel like something needs to be said about vampire movies. Uh-huh. Are we ever not in a period where there is a resurgence of vampire movies? Because it feels like every other year I'm like, wow, vampire movies are kind of making a comeback. But I think about all the previous years and I go, wait, no, we, we've been constantly making vampire movies. What are we talking about? And so I yeah. don't understand why it's still happening. I don't necessarily disapprove. Like I said, I'm actually very excited for Nosferatu. But like, it's just, does anyone else find that odd that we just kind of keep coming back to vampires apropos of nothing? Like, and it never really seems like anyone ever gets it that consistent. Like, we have comedy versions of it, like what we do in the shadows. We have extremely dramatic versions like Nosferatu and, like, other ones of similar nature. We have whatever the fuck happened with Twilight. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't know why it keeps going on like this. And I don't necessarily know if I approve. I, I can't pretend to know. <laughs> I, I, I can't pretend to know. Um, you can't even necessarily say, like, vampires are necessarily the most interesting horror icon, but I guess it kind of, they kind of seem to be. It's like I, I personally, I would have preferred we would have finally gotten around to making a Frankenstein movie that's actually accurate to the book, but somehow we haven't. Yeah, we'll see if that Lisa Frankenstein does anything. Maybe. <laughs> God knows um, that one I, I Frankenstein movie was a wash. Oh, uh, the less said about that, the better. <laughs> yeah, remember that one, folks? Jesus. Uh, Roadhouse is getting. My a God, we can always talk Roadhouse. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I like I like that reaction. Um, huh. it, very good. Uh, you've already mentioned the Garfield movie. It's it's technically going to be its own thing, but hey, Garfield movie and uh, the Bill Murray Garfield always on the uh, on the table. I feel we've done remakes with less justification. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we can always go that route. Uh, Twisters, which we already mentioned, I don't even fucking know, you know what that's gonna what that's involved. Like. Yeah. Uh, Speak No Evil, which is a psychological horror thriller coming up in August, is a remake of a Danish production. Um, so that okay. Is something that could be interesting. Oh, um, uh, one that you may not have gotten to yet or not. Uh, Blade. No, I have not yet. Blade, of course. There's apparently going to be a Blade movie, and there's also going to be a Blade video game, apparently. Like, where do the... Again, oh. vampires. What the fuck? <laughs> what are we doing? What's um, happening? <laughs> Beetlejuice 2, which has technically been in development for, like, 20 years, is finally God. coming God. Um, I'm, I'm scared of that one. I don't know. <laughs> not for any bigger reason. It's like the idea of that just kind of unsettles me in some way not like in like oh Beetlejuice is so scary no just like in the fact of that seems like a very oddly specific cult classic of a movie that we're deciding to bring back out into the light I don't know if that's gonna do well not least of which for the fact that one of the main characters was Alec Baldwin yeah well Jeffrey Jones was one of the main characters too let's not forget uh someone oh, yeah, convicted you. of uh endang child endangerment we'll say uh, uh yeah. sexual whatevers we'll say yeah. um, so <laughs> Jeff just Jeffrey Jones and Alec Baldwin not invited to the sequel Nope. <laughs> but Catherine O'Hara was. So, good for her. Yeah. Oh, God, I forgot there's going to be a Gladiator 2. Yeah, Gladiator 2. Uh, <laughs> come on. 
Uh, we I'm have just... a new Wolfman movie coming out from Universal. Wait, 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 wait. Not a sequel. It's going to be another remake. So another they remade it again, potentially. But, you know, they're going back to the Wolfman. They... You know, there's other Universal monsters that you can pick from. I thought when you had that Invisible Man remake, you were finally realizing that. But no, it's all uh, Dracula's and Frankenstein's monsters and Wolfman. That's all you I can don't. Do. Yeah. Um, huh. I will say real quick, though, uh, simply for the fact of just to break up the the pattern just a little. Um, uh-huh. the, the next Sonic movie is hopefully coming out. Yes, Sonic 3. Let's do it. I it better. I, I need... We've, we've heard him as the Heron and Boy and the Heron. Dear God in heaven, I need Robert Pattinson a shadow. I need it to happen. I need it. I need it. I need it. <laughs> like, there was a very, like, I saw someone post a fake image where they basically recreated the the reveal that Idris Elba was going to be Knuckles, where they made it seem like Jared Leto was going to be Son- was going to be Shadow. And at first I was like, I'm going to kill someone. <laughs> but apparently it was fake. So, I so you know, I gladly stayed out of jail that day. Um, but I just, I cannot... I cannot truly tell you how much I desperately need Robert Pattinson to be the voice of Shadow. And if he's not, I will be at least briefly disappointed. But also, I, honestly, any human being on Earth who is going to be playing the character of Shadow the goddamn Hedgehog in a feature-length, actual blockbuster film version of Sonic the Hedgehog is going to be the greatest thing on Earth. Yeah. And I, I just, I'm so excited. I, I, It's December 20th, which is going to be tough to swing just because of how close it is to the holidays. Yeah. I would really like to see that with you. I, I don't know oh, absolutely. We possibly manage if you would come to me or if I would come to you. Maybe we'd meet in the middle. Because like I said, it's close to the holidays, but I would love to see that with you. Uh, same as we did for the first two. I mean, I come up to that area for um, like like on occasion for its own reasons. So I might be able to make my way there um, outside of recording uh, for the recording. This is to say I will probably be visiting Hannah's family at some point for Christmas. They're not that they're only like an hour or so away from St. Louis. Okay, uh, well, if you guys go up early enough, we could do Sonic the Hedgehog 3. She could come, too, if she wanted. We could all, uh... <laughs> yeah, that, that might, be a hell of a, uh, might be a hell of a time. Yeah, maybe there's an Alamo near... I mean, there's not an Alamo close enough to me to warrant me going to it regularly, but I'm wondering if I could find a good enough theater. Other, otherwise, we'll have to use the Ronnie's near me, which isn't a bad theater. It's a really nice theater, but it's no Alamo at Draft House, that's for sure. Not fair. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I just wanted to bring it, it up. No, that's fine. No, that's fine. Okay, uh, we're winding down here with the list, at least from my end. Uh, a couple more things. Gladiator 2, you already mentioned. Um, Nosferatu, you already mentioned. Uh, we're getting uh, Mufasa, The Lion King. So we're getting a prequel there. Um, die. I want to die. But... <laughs> <laughs> yep, surely all CGI animals running amok in there. Um, the Flying Hell is the Lord of the Rings, the War of the Rohirrim. Uh, that's like an animated movie, I think. Okay, that that lifted my spirits a little. Okay, that sounds cool. Um, <laughs> it's going to be like an animated fantasy thing. Um, but the last thing I wanted to touch on for potential remake covering, very interesting case. Uh, there's going to be another Karate Kid movie coming out. Uh, but it's weird because Ralph Macchio is going to be in it, who was Daniel in the original movie. And Ch- Jackie Chan is going to be in it. And he was Mr. Miyagi in the remake. I don't think he's playing Mr. Miyagi in this one. He's playing a new character called uh, Mr. Han, I think. Uh-huh. Which, hang on, but, was his character's act name actually Mr. Miyagi in the remake when we saw it? Oh, that's a good, that's a good question. Because I don't know if it was. I don't. His oh, name may have been Mr. Han. Jacob, are we about to have what oh might God. be the first ever instance of two remakes converging? I think oh, like, we, might, we 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 very well might. Let me. Uh... Like I, I say, I say two remakes emerging. I mean to say. An original and a remake 
instead being revealed to be an overdue sequel and thus merging into a new film. This is a whole new category. Oh no, no, that's exactly what it is because I, I, I that's how little I remember the 2010 Karate yeah. But Jaden Smith did not play Daniel San. He played Dre Parker and Jackie yeah. Chan was Mr. Han. So... The, Holy shit. The, the Karate Kid from 2010 was actually technically in the same universe as the original Karate Kid. This is oh breaking my, news. Oh my <laughs> god. This is insane. I cannot believe That's they're just, doing this. Oh my god. I mean, it's stupid as hell, but I love it. This is, like, this is again, this is a whole new category for us. I didn't think this could be a category. It's somehow both an overdue sequel and a remake somehow intertwined into one. Yeah, because it was a remake. It was, it was a hard same story. It like, never get I don't think it ever gets properly referenced other than like just like tongue in cheek references in the you know the Jackie Chan version. It's just it was just meant to be a hard remake. It was completely different. It didn't even involve karate, but like this is unprecedented people. I'm I, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> so does that mean that in turn Cobra Kai I guess ties into the 2010 Karate Kid as well? Because I have to watch Ralph Ralph Macchio as Daniel is in that series. So if I have to watch Cobra Kai, the series as if it's like a Marvel style, here's a TV show. And now here's a movie that makes references to that TV show thing. I'm going to be pissed off. I'm just like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like I see people gush about the Cobra Kai series. I don't care. I don't want to have to watch a whole TV series. Just have context for a movie. <laughs> like, I, okay. <laughs> this is, there are, this is like this feels like we're hitting we're hitting critical mass of remix stuff here if this is even possible anymore i i don't I, i'm genuinely speechless i don't know how this is happening <laughs> i don't know why it's happening yeah this is just this is bizarre i well that uh, that's a sure is a high note to end that section on uh, i don't have oh, anything shit. else to talk about 2024 we are oh, doing that movie i'm not like i'm not even going to tease about it we are doing that one that is Somehow a, they remade it again, again. Yeah, I... I it wow. somehow compounds into one th new thing. All right, well, we got our word cut out for us, I guess. <laughs> With that Jesus. and Wonka, we... Uh, I'll, uh, do you have anything else on the 2024 front? There's something apparently called Lisa Frankenstein. Yeah, I mentioned that uh, briefly earlier. Well, I guess I didn't go into it. I just touched on it briefly um, as a joke. I know that it's... Directed by Zelda Williams, I think. Daughter yeah. of Robin Williams. Let me verify. Yeah, yeah it, is, it is. I'm on the IMDb right now. Oh, which, perfect. what the fuck is going on here? So it is apparently one of the major stars is apparently Cole Sprouse, of okay. Zack and Cody fame, and also of you know Riverdale fame, I believe. Um, yeah, which again, one of those less said about that the better. Um, I think it actually plays the the Frankenstein monster in in question. Oh wait, no, no, it's a different guy. Um, yeah, no, that's honestly, I'm seeing the the trailer kind of playing here silently, and I'm kind of into it in a way. It kind of feels like it's actually trying to do a thing where what if the story of Frankenstein was actually tied in with, you know, the original author, Mary Shelley, like because it's basically just this weird goth girl making this corpse into her boyfriend. It's like, yeah, that's kind of how Mary Shelley was. She's the woman who apparently lost her virginity on her mother's gravestone. <laughs> it's like, you know what? All right, this seems That's, wacky. Well, we'll see how that goes. Wacky films these days. Mm -mm -mm. Uh, but that's the only other one that I find notable, honestly. All right. 
Well, uh, that being said, you want to hop into our other favorite part of the show? Yes, <laughs> obviously. All right. <laughs> Time to uh, talk about people that are dead. Um, it's <laughs> the obituaries. Um, my, you know, the part we always sort of start to wind down with. Uh, as usual, I'll start it off. Just feel, uh, which feels appropriate, honestly, given the context. <laughs> yeah. Uh, starting off, I'll, I'll talk about folks that are sort of relevant to us on the show. Uh, and then we'll go into a long list of others and we'll we'll speak when we can uh, yeah. on folks. But uh, starting out earlier this year, uh, we had Stella Stevens pass away, uh, actress uh, who was in a ton of different things, notable amongst those uh, being The Poseidon Adventure, which totally could be a future episode. There have been a number of remakes of The Poseidon Adventure um, and also mm. The Courtship of Eddie's Father. Um, but for the purposes of this show, she was uh, Jerry Lewis's love interest in the original Nutty Professor. Yep. So, which is the, god that one was a while ago wasn't it it was years ago i i it was pre-2020 because i was not in this house <laughs> so jesus huh. something before quite, 2020 what a concept <laughs> yeah quite quite a while ago um and then uh maybe i'm missing something but i only have one other thing or one other person that ties into the show uh here uh i think well, last you, year we had like probably six, a good thing <laughs> yeah, it's about, yeah, not necessarily yeah. a bad thing yeah um, but Alan Arkin passed away. Uh, of course, tons of different things. Uh, Get Smart, Little Miss Sunshine, uh, The Sunshine Boys, <laughs> tons of sunshine things. Um, he was in the original In-Laws that we covered. Uh, he was opposite Peter Falk in that movie. Um, hmm. Also was a while ago. So, yeah. Which I guess makes sense. Yeah, farewell uh, to Mr. Arkin there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and from there on, I'll just go through a number of things and feel free to jump in uh, where you feel is relevant. But... Uh, I, I will say, um, this has, doesn't have to do with the movie world, but, you know, I feel it's significant in its own way. Um, rest in absolute shit, Henry Kissinger. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Star Henry Kissinger. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, there's something funny I want to bring up, because technically he he did, he was in a cartoon. Um, God. <laughs> let me pull this up. Um, because I watched this. It was bizarre. Um, there, yeah, there's yeah a show. I can imagine. Well, there's a show from the 90s called Happily Ever After Fairy Tales for Every Child, and every single episode was, like, uh, a take on, you know, a classic fairy tale, but they updated a little bit or whatever. And they had one based on Henny Penny, you know, the sky is falling, chicken little sort of thing. Yeah. And um, in the cast was Sharon Stone, Alan Dershowitz, Mary Hart, Johnny lawyer Johnny Cochran, Rudy Giuliani, Jesse Jackson... And Henry Kissinger. <laughs> what? Man, that's um. Why did this happen? Uh, I don't know, but Henry Kissinger like, voiced a character called Ducky Daddles, and it is very bizarre because he's like, "I am Ducky Daddles. This guy is falling." It's so strange. Uh, like you can find this the online. guy I watched it earlier this year. Yeah, the guy who d obliterated the. Asian Southeast is just in a, in a cartoon. For kids. It... <laughs> All right. Whatever. Oh, man. Okay. That's, um, but yeah. But yeah, like I said, rest in shit, asshole. Um, now let's get back to the list proper. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll start off with some singers here. Uh, Tina Turner, Jimmy Buffett, Tony Bennett. Uh, all yeah. of them passed away. Um, I don't know if you have any strong connection to any of those. I mean, like, I heard a lot of people were upset when Jimmy Buffett went, which, like, fair. Like, I, I get that one. Uh, I know Sinead O'Connor died, which that one was a bit more significant for me. Yeah, Sinead was going to be my next one because uh, um, 
longtime singer songwriter and activist, of course, oh, yeah. uh, for many things. big time like child abuse, drug abuse, things like that. Famously ripped up a photo of Pope John Paul II on Saturday Night Live when she was a guest. Um, and queen and, shit. <laughs> yeah, so uh, she, I, I sort of broke her up from the rest of the uh, singers there uh, because I don't yeah, know. Honorable, like, as an honorable mentioned, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it goes to show our. <laughs> Again, if there weren't any, in, any further indication, we're very left-wing people. <laughs> we're More or like, less. Uh, yeah, <laughs> at least me. Like, like I won't, I won't try to like speak for your your stance on anything. I won't, you know, push you in any particular thing. But yeah, no, Sinead O'Connor for me was like, oh, that actually, genuinely sucks. <laughs> no, that's fine. I think I've mentioned on the show before in the past. It's like I try not to explicitly blink, bring up my political beliefs and where I lean on the show. But if you listen, mm. it's pretty obvious. So yeah, nah, we we're we're pretty <laughs> we're pretty open about that in our closed off sort of way. <laughs> Um, moving on from the songwriters, uh, Jerry Springer, famous uh, talk show host. If you could call him, if you could call that show a talk show, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else you'd call it. A yell show, I think, is a better term for that. Uh, a, a screamy, exploitative show. Yeah. Of the lower class, usually. Yeah. Um, uh, in that same vein, well, not necessarily the same vein, but Bob Barker died. Uh, host of Price yeah. is Right on the game show front. Um, that was kind of sad. It's, yeah, it's one of those strange things where it's like, you know, you think they'll be there for forever and then suddenly they're not. And uh, it's, you know, Pat Sajak uh, is the only one of those original ones I can sort of think of when I think of talk, uh, game show hosts. Because it's like uh, Pat Sajak and um, Bob Barker and Alex Trebek. And two of those are yep. gone now. Uh, yep. <laughs> we talked about Trebek last year. So uh, may Pat Sajak live uh, quite a long time. Yeah. Oh my goodness gracious. Um, all right, moving into uh, movies and television, we have Carol Cook, uh, who passed away. She was uh, around in a lot of places in uh, old Hollywood. She worked with Lucille Ball a number of times on multiple Lucille Ball shows, post I Love Lucy, uh, things like The Lucy Show and Here's Lucy. Um, yep. She was in 16 Candles. Uh, the, incre- the Disney movie, The Incredible Mr. Limpet, which funnily enough, I referenced that movie in our episode on The Little Mermaid that we just did. Mm. Um and uh, she was also in Disney's Home on the Range uh, as the voice of the old farmer woman. Oh, yeah. So Oddly specific. Uh, yes, Carol Cook is gone. Um, Lisa Marie Presley died this year, and uh, the main reason I consider that of note is just, you know, the timing on that. Uh, mm. Prisci- uh, Sophia Coppola's, Coppola's Priscilla having just come out, um, in which Lisa Marie is, you know, a character uh, for a portion of the movie. So I couldn't help but think of that. Um I don't remember how she died, if it was cancer or if it was like liver failure or something. I, I didn't really look into it, but I, I, I wanted to bring that up primarily because of the Presley connection. I don't know. We had Elvis last year with Priscilla this year. So maybe yeah. someone will make a Lisa Marie movie someday. <laughs> That'd be fun. Fun? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Just, yeah. I just, can't like, claim just a thought. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cindy Williams died. It was in a ton of things like American Graffiti, The Conversation, which I also referenced in the last episode, strangely enough. Um, but, Weird timing there. Yeah, she was mainly known for her role as Shirley on both Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley, uh, which I definitely mm. wanted to bring up because Penny Marshall, who was Laverne on that show, died in 2018, and we definitely talked about her in the obituaries when she died. And uh, David Lander, who was Squiggy on Laverne and Shirley, died in 2020. And I remember we talked about him in the obituaries because he was also Doc Boy in the Garfield specials. So <laughs> uh, I think the only primary cast member from Laverne and Shirley that is still alive is Michael McKeon. So uh, stay healthy. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> yes, please. Um, also, one for that that I'll chime in with, which I'm sure you might have written down, um, Lance Reddick, which I was, I which I, that one actually, that one actually surprised me. 
Um, yeah. White White House Down, The Wire. Mm-hmm. Uh, Loved him in The Wire, which for what I, little I've seen. Um, and John Wick, of course. Yeah. And John Wick, of course, and also very cool voice actor. Done a few a uh, few voice acting roles as well. Um, he was he was in um, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, and I believe also its sequel. Um, oh, really? Which he, okay. he he did the mocap for that as well, but you know. I own all of those and have played none of them. <laughs> Maybe uh, I like them. <laughs> um, like, I even own the VR one, and I just haven't touched it. But also, speaking of like other ones, I wasn't expecting Andre B- uh, Brower um, for, of Brooklyn Nine Nine fame. He did, that was recently. Oh, yeah. And Homicide Life on the uh, Homicide Life on the Streets. Yeah, he, he died. Uh, that might be the most recent one that I've been aware of. Yeah, it was only on the the eleventh, which at time of recording is it's the twentieth right now. Yeah. Um, so long as we're talking about recent deaths, this one also happened in earlier December, but it didn't get a lot of traction. But Norman Lear died, who uh, a lot of people could probably call the king of TV, <laughs> hmm. uh, because he produced, wrote, created, and developed over a hundred different series uh, in his time with TV. Uh, All in the Family, The Jeffersons, Sanford and Son, Maud, which is uh, where B. Arthur got her start on TV before Golden Girls. Uh, mm-hmm. Just Norman Lear, man. Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. It's a crazy list. Um, and I don't think a lot of people were talking about his passing, uh, maybe because he wasn't an actor or a singer. But, uh, yeah. Rest, Norman Lear. Um, Thank you for all you've contributed, clearly. Yes. <laughs> um the Iron Sheik passed away. <laughs> uh, yeah, th- yeah, that happened. Iranian wrestler in the WWF and the WWE. Uh, the only Iranian champion uh, of the WWF ever. Um, he was uh, wild on Twitter his, his last couple years with us. Um, yeah, I remember saying something about that. Yeah, his tweets are were uh, very bizarre. He was constantly calling people out, and he uh, typed in all caps very grandpa style. Um, <laughs> pretty funny, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, Burt Bacharach passed away, uh, famous, uh, songwriter primarily for films. Uh, he also worked with the Carpenters a lot, but, uh, he did the theme for Arthur, uh, not the show, but the movie with, uh, Dudley Moore. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured. Um, yeah, well, I just had to put that out there for anyone that might be listening. I was like, wait, hold. Well, yeah, yeah, that's movie fair. from that's... the 80s that probably a lot of people haven't seen compared to the show that ran for 20 years. Um, yep. but yeah, he did Arthur's theme, uh, raindrops keep falling on my head, uh, which, uh. I think the Carpenter's song, uh, Close to You, which most people remember, Why Do Birds Suddenly Appear, uh, which I'm very familiar with because it's a motif in The Simpsons. That's like the song that played uh, when Homer and Marge met, so it's it's used a number of times throughout the series and in the movie. Right? It's in The Simpsons movie. Um, oh, yeah. Very emotional scene. Uh, he also did the theme for 1967's Casino Royale uh, and the theme for After the Fox, <laughs> which is a movie I have not seen, but I'm well familiar with the, the theme song to it, and I think I know all the words uh, because <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried used to sing it all the time on his podcast. So, oh my God. Uh, yeah, uh, Burt Bacharach uh, is gone now. <clears throat> um, where Matthew is Perry. Oh, yes. Matthew, Matthew Perry, Perry, if I remember correctly, which was yes. wild hearing about. Friends, of course, uh, being the big one. He was uh, in, like, The Whole Nine Yards and its sequel. Uh, he was also in that Zac Efron movie, 17, again. Yep, uh, and I will... And I will also say, you know, for for the sake of all the video game nerds out there who kept commenting about it, he was Benny in Fallout New Vegas. <laughs> yeah. For as, uh, for as significant as that role was, it wasn't actually that big of a role even in that game when you get right down to it. It's just the fact that everyone keeps bringing up the fact that it was Matthew Perry. I was like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny seeing people bring it up as often as I saw it whenever it, the news came that he passed. Yeah. It's it's strange, and I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the show, but I know I've mentioned it to a number of people already in real life, but uh, Nate and his wife were, were in town and visiting, 
and so I was sort of taking him around and going to a number of places. And we ended up uh, ending the day at a restaurant uh, that was playing music videos on the TV. And one of the music videos popped up for uh, the theme song to Friends uh, by The Remembrance, I think. Uh, mm. I, I'll Remember You or whatever. Um, or I'll Be There For You is what it's called. And the music video has the cast of Friends like jumping around and you know, jokingly playing the guitars. And Nate and I were jokingly making members about the different cast members. And it was like, oh, Matthew Perry, famous for Lost in Space, and Jennifer Aniston, famous for Leprechaun. You know, yep. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, Matthew Perry, famous for... Uh, a substance problem you know and it was it was just like lighthearted ribbing because he had just released his book and he's been on the men's for now so you know mm. it's, it's not like he's in a bad place so it felt apt uh and then la- literally two hours later nate was on the road uh his wife was driving and he texted me and said dude matthew perry died it was very no. strange uh yeah literally two hours after we were having that conversation uh and he was gone so and, and then the news came out that it was a substance abuse thing Right, which is just so sad. Because I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it all it all seemed well, but you know, you never really know. Yeah, all takes is one slip. Yeah. It's like, yeah. <sighs> Wonderful but, man. Sorry to see him go. Yes. Uh, moving right along to uh, Raquel Welch, who was sort of a famous. Uh, I don't know if I'd say s- uh, sex symbol, but uh, uh, a woman that many people admired. <laughs> I will say. Yeah, let's go uh, with that. From a, yeah, from a period in Hollywood and tons of things like The Dazzled and The Last of Sheila. Uh, she was the titular Myra Breckenridge, uh, the trans woman uh, in that movie uh, from 1970, I think based on a Gore Vidal book. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure Rex Reed, the film critic, <laughs> plays Myron Breckenridge, who then transitions in the movie to Myra, uh, who is then played by Raquel Welch, um, which, you know, mm. uh, quite a brave role for uh, a movie from 1970. But, oh, shit. Uh, I mean, it was based on a book by Gore Vidal, who uh, was a gay writer, so you know, everything sort of comes together. Um, you on from that, Richard Belzer, who was a stand-up comedian for a number of years, uh, very well-known and liked in the stand-up circuit. Most people now know him because he played a uh, character Detective Munch in like 20 different shows over the course of two decades. <laughs> uh, I mean, we got a thing to work with. Yeah, I, I, I think it might have been like a Law & Order SVU or like NCIS, one of those shows he was Detective Munch. And then that character just kept showing up on other shows for some reason. It's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> he, he's getting work. So good for him. I, I don't know how that happened or who decided like this character should be like a Tom Bombadil figure just going across all these different shows, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, it um, works out for him. Yeah. Uh, Michael Gambon passed. Very strange. Oh, yeah. Uh, he worked with Wes Anderson a number of times on things like The Life Aquatic uh, and uh, The Fantastic Mr. Fox. Mm. Um, many people are more familiar with him uh, for playing Dumbledore in, I think, all of the non-Christopher Columbus Harry Potter movies. <laughs> I think mm. it was uh, Sir Richard Harris in the first two movies, and then from Harry Potter 3 onward, it was Michael Gambon as Dumbledore. Um, so yeah, he's now gone. Well, uh, see you, buddy. <laughs> yep, so, so long! Um, Tom Sizemore, Pass Away, Blue Steel, Natural Born, Born Killers, uh, probably mo- most famous for his run in Saving Private Ryan, I think. You recognize yeah, him from sense. anything more than that? Not that I could tell you. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the big one. And I'm also uh, not the best for recognizing folks. Oh, no, that, that's fair. Um, Treat Williams, Pass Away. He was in Hair, uh, Steven Spielberg's uh, failed comedy 1941, which I've mentioned on the show before. Uh, he was in uh, the failed Phantom superhero movie with Billy Zane, which we've also mentioned on the show. I think in our Captain America episode, uh, which like the Phantom, which like I still remember watching that with y'all back in college. It was such a delight. 
Yeah. <laughs> so such a silly, stupid movie. Billy Zane, of all people. <laughs> who would thought? Who would have thought? Uh, but yeah, now he's gone. Um, Suzanne Summers passed away, mainly known for TV. She was on Three's Company and uh, Step by Step. I've never seen Step by Step, but it's frequently re- referenced by my mother. Um, but I know that was a uh, that was a decent sized one when Suzanne Summers passed. Uh, speaking of TV, we have David McCallum. I mean, he was in The Great Escape uh, with Paul Newman. That, that yeah, that Paul Newman uh, movie. But uh, he was also in NCIS for a number of years, and he was uh, on the he was uh, the original man from Uncle before oh, we got yeah. that, move, that movie remake recently. Yeah, that so, one was a interesting one. <laughs> if you want the original man from Uncle, look no further than David McCallum, who is now gone. Uh, He's dead. Yes. Uh, George Maharis passed away, who uh, was sort of a leading, uh, I struggle to call him leading man, from uh, sort of earlier days of Hollywood. But I know him best from the uh, famous scandal that he was in, uh, where he was caught uh, engaging in sexual activities in a men's room stall with a uh, famous hairdresser named uh, Perfecto Tellies. So, uh, it was such a sentence. <laughs> so, so long, George Maharis. <laughs> so yeah. That's the thing I know you best for. Uh, you gotta have something, scandal. I guess. Yeah, gotta have something. Um, Paul Rubens died. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. Speaking uh, of which. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh yeah. Maybe the scandals. Uh oh. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Sorry, buddy. That's what I know you from. Um. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. Pee Wee Herman. A uh, number of movies, and of course the television series. It originated as like a character he would do in stand up. It, it's wild that that was like a character for adult audiences. That wasn't like a kids' television show character or anything. I mean, like, that's that's basically the Muppets as well. Yeah, it kind of evolves over time, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, film cameos, voiceover roles. So Paul Rubens was kind of everywhere um, up to the last years of his life. Um, sticking on with the voiceover uh, circuit, we have Johnny Hardwick, who was also a stand-up, but I think most everyone knew him for voicing Dale Gribble on Mike Judge's King of the Hill. Um, what that'll mean for the sequel series they're doing. Yeah, very, uh, very curious because they say that they already had some voice stuff recorded. So I don't know what that means for the King of the Hill Hulu series. Uh, we're just going to have to wait and see. <clears throat> but I mean, they're already going to have to rework it quite a bit because, I mean, Toby Huss is not voicing Khan in the new show. Uh, they're not going to let him. There's no way. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Tom Petty and Brittany Murphy are both dead. So uh, Lou Anne's not going to be in the show. And her, yeah, her and Lucky probably just moved away <laughs> or something. Um fair <laughs> so yeah i i have no idea what they're gonna do with that um uh we have uh, as we wind down the list here we have michael lerner who also an actor in a number of things like clueless uh the roland emmerich godzilla from 1998 <laughs> with oh. matthew broderick uh, lord probably most famously the coen brothers movie barton fink though michael lerner's in that oh um, yeah okay with john turturro and yeah um uh, and then lastly for the list, uh, Arlene Sorkin passed away. She was on a number of TV shows, um, but she is mostly known nowadays as the uh, primary inspiration for and long-running voice of Harley Quinn, uh, which is now like mm-hmm. a seminal DC character that gets her own shows and movies and whatever. Um, which I feel like it's being pushed a little hard at this point. And also I feel like yeah. we need to remember, isn't this a villain? <laughs> yeah. It's supposed to be a villain. You do sympathize her, uh, with her a bit, but yeah, it's... it's uh, she does bad things, <laughs> regardless yeah. of, who, you know, what her mental state is. Like, she's doing bad things. And, um, but yeah, Arlene Sorkin was the the voice of the character uh, from the inception. Onward for quite a while, I think, up to Arkham Asylum. 
Arlene Sorkin was in that, and then Tara Strong took over in Arkham City. I think that was the case. It's been I believe I, so. She either took over for touch those games. She either took over for Arkham City or for Arkham Knight. I can't remember which. Yeah, one of, one of those two. But uh, yeah, and now it's pretty much just Kaylee Cuoco voices that character, and Margot Robbie plays that character. So those yeah. two have a stranglehold on Harley Quinn. Um, it's like, hey, if you gotta have a character. Yeah, if you, if you want a character, uh, she's she's having a renaissance. So uh, no better. Um, but yeah, that's it for the obits, or at least everyone that I pulled. I know, you know, there were tons of people that we didn't touch on and probably missed, but those were the ones I, I felt necessary to bring up for the purposes it's, of our show. It's the ones we care about, in, in, a, in a colder way of putting it, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, well, man. Um, this is kind of the point where we wind down the show. We just kind of talk about uh, resolutions, if we have any, and just kind of moving forward with the year. So I'll let you start if you have anything. I mean, as I get older and older, older as I go, I kind of just like have a generalized resolution of doing the things I enjoyed more and stop doing the things I didn't. And this year has kind of been a very kind of the epitomize of that of I haven't really done I haven't done a whole lot of things that I've wanted to do, but I also haven't done a whole lot of things that I would normally be a detraction in my life either. So I've been in this weird holding ground. So I think going forward, I just got to get out and do more shit. And that's about the only way I know how to put it. I need to get a better job that I actually enjoy. And I need to spend money in places that aren't just, you know, basic survival, which, you know, with how, how the economy can be, who knows how that's going to go. Um, but I'm not even going to try to say, like, I'll get out to the movie more often, movie theaters more often, because I doubt I will. <laughs> I, I, if I, if there's, a, there's a lot of movies out there that are going to be coming out that I'll be very interested in, but there's very few that I'd want to go out to the theater for, not least of which because I would normally want to bring Hannah with me. And mm -hmm. my taste in movies is much broader than hers. And that's not meant to be like a thing of like, that's not meant to be a point against her. If anything, it's a point against myself. Um, I'm sure I would love to see the Nosferatu movie in theaters. I don't think it's for her. So I will sure. assume nothing when it comes to the theater nowadays. And especially as prices keep going up like I do with, with theater tickets. Um, I will take it as it comes. If there's some big blockbuster things that I think would be good to go see with Hannah, I'll go see them. Otherwise, I'm just going to sit my happy self down and wait till Amazon lets me rent it. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's the way to go. Um, beyond that though, I really couldn't tell you what I have for a resolution. It's keep on surviving, do a few more happy things. I don't know, maybe make some models or something. Maybe like I've been wanting to do that, you know, have a little hobby. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Just like I'm, you know, 27 years old and I'm entering my stage of model railroads already. My God. Um, but you know, I think it's ultimately just, I, I want to do more stuff with my hands in general, just like rather than just kind of like consuming stuff. I want to, want to try to make a few things. Yeah, um, creation. Yeah. I've been having a lot of fun with that with my D and D game. I want to just kind of do more stuff like that. Maybe I'll try to join a D and D game and actually be a player for once. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's honestly, that's the extent that I got. I can't really tell you anything more specific. Okay. No, no problem. I, you got anything in particular? I know you mentioned briefly, I know you mentioned briefly oh. earlier that you had something going. Well, I mean, I've been working on this game for a while, and I, it goes between flux periods and of progress, and you're well aware of that. And I, I, I tend to avoid bringing it up as a resolution just because I know how I tend to be, but I really do want to make a concerted effort to get going on that because I think if I actually hit a stride, then the momentum will just keep going and I won't stop, which is what I want. That's just what I've been struggling for. Um, so I definitely want to do that because, I mean, I would consider that a hobby. It's not like that's paying my bills or anything. Right. Um, and it's creating, which I do like to do. I like the storytelling aspect of it as well. 
Um, it's just a lot of a lot of it's just finding the time. You know. Yeah, I get work, that. Which I know you're very familiar with as well. But yeah, I, oh, I, yeah. I want to get back into that, and I might pull on you here and there just for thoughts and ideas, which I know. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, past, I'd love so. I'd love to be even like partially involved with that sort of thing. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So. That's my big hope there. Uh, and then as far as for other resolutions, I do usually have some form of resolution in regards to my movie watching habits just because I, I like to engage with that. And I mean, you can call it consuming because that's technically what it is. Uh, but I do lean on that for a lot of just informational respect and sort of history. And sometimes I think that informs my creativity as well. So uh, for the first time, I'm engaging with uh, the Criterion Challenge, which is something that is usually put together by uh, a group of people online and... It's, it's basically just a movie, a week-by-week movie-watching challenge, so a list of 52 movies that you select yourself based mm. on different categories, and I've already been starting to put that together, and the thing I like about it is since it's tied to Criterion specifically, so, I mean, the main criteria for the Criterion challenge is that each film has to be something that is in Criterion's backlog of movies, yeah. Makes uh, sense. which is, yeah, very selected. Um, and then, you know, a different category each week, like an animal movie or a movie from this person's top ten. Or uh, a Western, you know. Um, and since it's from that collection, a ton of them are just things that I would never engage with, ever. And a lot of it is foreign movies, which I I don't engage with a lot either. Not intentionally, it's just a lot of them don't come across my purview unless it's Japan, and that's primarily for the animation side of things. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to do that just for scope and, you know, broadening my horizons. Uh, so. That makes sense. I, I have always needed to watch more foreign films, but again, kind of similar deal of this has never really crossed my crossed my mind. Yeah, so I, that's that's sort of where I'm at. Uh, those are my two uh, big resolutions, really. Um, cool. I mean, I can certainly help you with one of them. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So, my God knows my brain is God knows my brain is itching to do something. So, there really is kind of like just the generalized feeling I'm coming into at the end of this year. It's I gotta do something. It doesn't necessarily need to be anything to set the world on fire, but I still need to do it. I just got to figure out what. <laughs> <laughs> like, you've got your game, but meanwhile, I think, I don't know, maybe I need to try writing something. Go for I, it. I try my crack at that, see what see what sort of wild stuff I can post out there. I'm not, God knows I'm not going to start getting into fan fiction, but apparently that's a good place to start, so who knows? <laughs> keep, keep an eye out for my, uh, oh, I don't know, my weird, I'm trying to think of two of the movies we've done, crossovers, but Truly, I don't think I I don't think I need to invite that sort of evil thought into the world. Yeah, <laughs> Stu well. is direct. Stu is directing the new Karate Kid movie. Oh my god! Okay, that would be incredible. That <laughs> that would be fun. God, what two movies could we somehow see if they are in the same universe and could then cross over? That we've done that would be hilarious. <laughs> I I don't know. I'd have to think about. It. I'll try to think about. It. Maybe that's a question to address at a later time. Um, oh yeah, we'll think just about to, it. Just a, this is a thinker of like what movies have we covered that could have crossed over with each other? Because I feel like Meet Joe Black could have crossed over with something. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm just thinking, and I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't have I, anything no, that immediately. No, I got you. So. No, you're fine. We, we've been we've been recording for two and a half hours now, so I'd I mean, say we're true too. I'd say we're pretty well <laughs> tapped out as it is. Yeah. So, anything else to say to the fine people out there for our end of year, our 2023? Um. Please be more polite going into the new year. I feel like there's kind of been a general sense of I don't care anymore with that sort of thing. And I I don't know. I just don't want to get yelled at by strangers so much anymore, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's really, that's kind of the only thing I got to say. I just like, some of y'all got to quit acting up. 
Like, <laughs> there's, there's no need for this. Oh, behave, all of you. Like, just a just a little tiny extra ounce of courtesy. I know 2020 was rough, but we can move on from there. <laughs> we are strong. Like, I am begging y'all. Uh, and also, like, somewhat more use of turn signals. <laughs> if I'm allowed to start <laughs> making a list of demands. <laughs> That's we'll a, have our, our full edict, edict posted. That's a uh, my manifesto. My manifesto will be posted with. I shouldn't joke about that. That's a that, that, that's a wrong thing to be talking about. Um, but yeah, no, it's just I know turn signals are a revolving issue of every year. But you know what? May as well just say it. Y'all need to be using them more, or at least don't use them half a second before you turn, like you're trying to parry an attack. It's like no, you're supposed to use it. <laughs> like, like, like don't just be like, aha, I've gotten you. It's like no, you're supposed. I'm supposed to know earlier, you assholes. <laughs> oh oh god, my my vitri my my vitri like I'm not I, I I've run out of vitriol for the year, but what little I have left is starting to affect me. <laughs> this usually ends up being my like, you know, what's the what's the 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 thing that happens in 1984? It's like the five minutes of hate or whatever it is, where they all like stare at a screen of you know like propaganda and just like get all their anger out. That's basically what yeah. this in chat is. It's me just being like, here's some crazy stuff that happened this year, and what the fuck are they remaking? God damn it! Yeah, thankfully, I, never mind. I was going to say, thankfully, we cut down on our Marvel chat this year, but I don't know that we did. I feel like I feel like we did. <laughs> I, I think I think we more talked around Marvel than anything. <laughs> right in. Did we? Yeah. Yeah, you guys, you should be the judge of us. We, I feel like compared to other years, it's it's still, we did a lot. It's still less. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's, maybe we'll have to settle on that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, I think that's that's all the thoughts I got on this on this, you know, this weird friggin' year. Excellent. All right. You you got any of your own? Nope. All right, cool. You you had a much more concise answer than me. <laughs> so long, stinkier. <laughs> get, get the hell out of here. Thanks for nothing. Uh. Oh man, I never know how to close out these chats other than just kind of like, hey, I enjoyed what we watched this year. I enjoy what we do, but this year I'm just like, you know what? Been a long one. I'm about to go on my holiday vacation. I'm gonna take a damn few naps. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sleep my way into the new year. Damn it! Oh, if I can get away with it. Oh Lord, work doesn't kill me before then somehow. Ow. Yeah, be a shame. Oh, well, I will, I will, I will die spiteful. <laughs> Otherwise, I do believe I will take the time to wish you all a very happy holidays and happy new year. And as always, thank you for listening to us ramble endlessly.